0: Hello, it's editing Harry from the future. Now, as regular listener may be aware, see what I did there? Uh, Yeah, you might, uh, you know, remember that we do a funny song at the beginning of uh, each podcast, and uh, for this one, uh, we didn't. So um, I just inserted a song from a video I did. So if you want to skip that, go to 3 minutes 40. If not, uh, who cares? Bye. Hello, and welcome to a special episode of Who Can Convince You? We're going back in time, uh, and we're not doing James Bond. That that was a a cry of joy that I heard then from the audience member. And uh, we're going to do a Look Who's Talking. And I thought, who better... To invite on than the person who's appeared on more "Look Who's Talking" than any other person, <laughs> and has appeared on our podcast more than any other person, it's only Matt from neither the time nor the space podcast.
1: Hello there, the man with nothing better to yeah. do.
0: <laughs> the only person free. <laughs> yeah. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm very well. I'm very well.
0: Good. It's like good. Treating you well. Yeah, it's you know, it's uh, it's it's great. Life is great. Uh, have, have been up to anything exciting?
1: Um, I skived a couple of days of work this week.
0: I mean, I can't blame you. Can't blame took you. A,
1: took a well-being day.
0: Beautiful, beautiful.
1: N- that's good, because if anyone accuses you of skiving, you ah, sky ah, sky ah.
0: That's, I think to, you're to wrong.
1: Ma- my mental health. Yep. Just putting that first.
0: Perfect. Perfect excuse. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's what it's there for. <gasps> yeah. You know? Like, yes. Going to the dinosaur museum helps my mental health. Yeah.
0: I love dinosaurs. What's wrong with that? You know, yeah. it really helps. It really helps. Yeah. Uh, how's the podcast?
1: Uh, so far, so good this year. I think, we well, we've moved fortnightly now. Yeah, so. every
0: Saturday I wake up and I load the dishwasher or do whatever I'm doing. I'm like, right, who's released it? And then I'm like, it's Saturday though, isn't it? So why isn't it, oh yeah, the fortnightly, yeah. aren't
1: they? I don't know. In a, in a way, I prefer it. I like not having to dedicate that much time. Yeah, but I liked the rhythm of getting it done. Like it's almost twice as bad when it comes round, and it's like, yeah. like I've got to sit and watch TV for an hour and do this and that.
0: It, it's it is true. I remember when when we were doing Doctor Who way back when. As much as not that we didn't enjoy it, but it just became a bit of a slog. It mm. was the worst mistake I think we made was stopping for a while. Because it was just so hard to find that momentum. It was as if we just forgot how to actually do it. Like mm-hmm. We just couldn't remember what we used to say. Like, And then we'd record and we'd be like, hang on, is that... We didn't actually say anything then, did we? Did we ever used to say anything? It's like, it's yeah, it's quite hard to sort of get back into the swing of it. But, you know, it is uh, it is easier going, I think, the fortnightly.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. It, when it becomes the new norm... It'll work out. Yeah, it'll be fine.
0: How's how's your co-host David?
1: Yeah, very well, very well. Uh, we we were talking this week because now that we've gone fortnightly, everything seems to be going a bit faster. Mm. And we agreed if we raised a thousand pounds for charity, we'd have a little kiss on Valentine's Day. Now, uh, this was going to bring me week. to my <laughs>
0: this was going to bring me to my first line of questioning that I've got here is uh, yeah. So you raised uh, money for charity. Do you, do, uh, you've released your total figure as well, haven't you? Now,
1: yeah, oh, well done. He's hunting, he's hunting. He's hunting. in front of me.
0: Look at that. Uh, you should raffle them off. They'd be worth a fortune. Oh
1: God. So this year we raised £1,089.
0: Look at that. I'll, I'll okay. insert like a little applause uh, sound
1: effect yeah. there. It was good. But I, I didn't think we'd ever make that. My, See? We, we joked about it, but then this year people just turned up and was like, oh, it's 300 quid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Somebody's yeah, been doing all right we during we COVID. It's it like,
1: here's a fiver here and there. You know, it's a, it's a, it all counts. Yeah. But yeah, like people saved up all year. Um, just, I don't know.
0: It's mad, isn't it? It is mad. Mm. I think our fear, whenever we've sort of decided to do anything that involves the general public, we're always a bit worried that we'll do it and no good will come of it, or sort of <laughs> nobody will nobody will interact with it it's like uh, we're going to have to put like 50 quid in or something each and just sort of say, oh yeah, yeah, there we go. It's all done. We,
1: the, there used to be a picture in the school I work at where We'd done some fundraising, and I'll never forget the exact figure. It was £112.57. pence. And there's a big picture of me holding, like, a certificate. And the story behind that is whenever our school raises money for charity, the school itself contributes £100. Right, so okay. Straight away, you're down to 12 pounds I was going to say, hang on, that, that uh, cuts no, that figure down considerably. There was no. a tenner in my wallet, and we raised £2.57 for charity. And it was heartbreaking. This guy came in, and he dropped off like loads of balloons and t-shirts, <laughs> and he was like, "These are for the kids. Like this is all for you." And he he must have run a loss. Yeah. Like there was over a hundred quid's worth of stuff he bought chocolate for the kids, and yeah, it's uh, poor, poor effort.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, because I know that Mark Cochrane's doing um, his walk for epilepsy, isn't he?
1: Yeah, that's right. I don't
0: know when he's doing that because I did screenshot it because when I when I donated it, look at me being a good person, when I donated to it, I screenshotted it to sort of find out when it was to see if we could sort of be in the area when it happened. And then I, and then I remembered, oh, yeah, he lives like a million miles away and it's going to take <laughs> like a day to get there. Cause
1: yeah, I, I went to a wedding close to where Mark lives a couple of years ago and we we took the National Express bus. Oh, dear. It was literally, like, 24 hours. I could have flown yeah. to...
0: Middle Earth. Qatar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a trek. I know that Luke's friend used to be in university in Exeter, and I think Luke went down once and then came back, and it was just, like, yeah, like he'd gone to the centre of the earth and returned. Like, it was just... It was mad. I remember. I think we've we've played a, a gig down there once. I told Mark on the podcast <coughs> years ago, Excuse me. and I just remember that. Just it just seemed to take forever to get there. He's like, "Are we there yet?" Yeah, we're about halfway. It's been like four hours. I was like, <laughs> it's like, uh, it's yeah, it's a bit of a trek. You
2: couldn't just pass that WCC. Why would I put you bow, Joe, bow?
0: I've been having a bit of a crisis recently, right? This isn't a joke. Well, it could be a joke. You might find it funny. The audience might find it funny. Who knows? Who cares? So I took the decision a couple of weeks ago to go back to doing music completely full-time, which is what I used to do. And then I sort of sat there the other day thinking, when COVID hit and music sort of became a thing that was sort of, this isn't that viable, really it sort of it just, it didn't take a back burner but it just sort of went a bit more 50-50 and then it was just so easy just to carry on after covid and then a couple of weeks ago it was like hang on it's like i don't want to do this anymore i need you know i need to do this my question to you as a uh, as a member of the teaching fraternity that's uh, myself i am not i'm not included in that uh, you know in that but uh, when did you realize that you wanted to be a teacher it's like an interview.
1: So, yeah, see, I, I never wanted to do it. Like, it was never a career I won't put your name aspiration. in this, don't worry. <laughs>
2: That's fine. Yeah,
1: like, get the local Ofsted reports. Yeah. Because um, when, when I went to university, and I don't, realistically, I don't even know why I went to university. I studied criminology and education. Which is just a nonsense. It's an absolute farce of a degree. And it was I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Everyone was going to university. I fancied giving it a go. And then when I'd moved away, I was working at B and Q at the time. Best oh, job I've ever had.
0: The stories of I think we need a B and Q compilation. I'll get Luke on that for all the time. We must have an hour's worth of content of just B and Q.
1: I don't like to mention it, but I used to work at B&Q.
0: The lawnmower, the long lunch, it's all there <laughs> yeah. somewhere.
1: Um, and when I'd come back from uni, I was just like, this'll do. Like, you can earn a good living working at B&Q. Um, and one of my mum's friends was head teacher at our local like special needs school. And she basically saw that I was just being a bit of a waster. So she said, why don't you come work for me a couple of days a week? You can do this, that, and the other. And a couple of days kind of spiraled into full time. So my first taste of working in education was dealing with children with you know, really quite profound needs. But I used to do inclusion work. So I used to take them to the mainstream school. Yeah. Until I spent more time at the mainstream school than I did at that school. So it was like a natural segue when a position came up, I just moved into there. Yeah. And I've been there ever since. <laughs> so, <laughs> no escape. Like, no, so like I, I trained up as a teaching assistant. And to go back to your initial question, when did I want to be a teacher? It was when I'd hit the top of the ladder of being a teaching assistant and realized I couldn't earn any more yeah, the, money.
0: It was the pay scale that sort of.
1: <laughs> that, honestly, that's literally it. And our old head, um, I mean, it, it was like serendipity, everything fell into place. But loads of staff left all at once. Mm. And there was nobody to teach uh, psychology. So the head was like, you, You've kind of got a degree to do with that. Do you want to teach it? <laughs> Um, and I was just like, uh, yeah, yeah, And then again, that snowballed, and I took on more teaching hours. And then, like, sort of my bread and butter specialism is dealing with like the uh, the daft lads, you know, the wrongins.
0: The wronguns. So
1: again, when nobody wanted to teach them, I was like, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. And it carved a niche where I kind of became a bit unsackable. Because I was doing yeah. all the work nobody wanted to do, yeah. And then, like I say, I trained up on the job. So I, I've been lucky because now I consider it like what I want to do. Yeah. But yeah. It was. Ne- it was never the goal.
0: Was there a moment then that you realised that you enjoyed it, rather than it being sort of something that you wanted to do, more that you sort of realised that it was an enjoyable thing, or you got something out of it.
1: You know, think, uh, there's been a couple of times, so like for example, last year I taught a girl who her parents are like friends with my parents, I've known this girl since she was born, yeah. And I got art uh, like I got her an A grade, yeah, A level, and I was like, that, that's like a nice success, yeah, yeah. But a lot of it's like outside the classroom, so they, there's a girl in our school at the moment, who Christ knows what her home life is, but, you know, she can barely use a knife and fork. Yeah. And it's weird that, like, I'm her favourite person. And, you know, like, being, it, it sounds, like, poetic, but, like, being that beacon for somebody's yeah good. Yeah. You know, I've seen students be, like, close to the edge and pulling them back is always, like, yeah. I think i prefer that to the actual teaching. I mean, who gives a fuck about chemistry? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. What's <laughs> think, that for? You know, what are
1: you going to do with yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't teach kids if they're miserable, so you might as well just
2: be.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those, isn't it? Especially especially a high school, I think. I, th- I think primary is a little bit different, because like, my other half teaches in a primary school, and... It's always, a, like, my original career idea was that I would just teach in secondary. I'd just go and teach music. And then I got a taste of that and decided it would be the worst decision I could ever make and I'd hate it. Only because I think, especially with the sort of more niche subjects, maybe like science, a music probably t- it falls into that category as well, where they've got to want to do it but they don't want to do it like they don't want to be in school even though they've got a bit of an interest in whatever it is so you're always you're always fighting that battle of music is fun but we're not really we can't make it that fun and science can be good like you know when you watch brainiac and it's great well it's sort of like that but we can't do any of those things as sort of it's it's such a fine line and I I just couldn't I couldn't deal with that I just
1: See, I, I quite often look at people like our music teacher, like our art teacher and stuff, because you have kids who are really talented, really passionate, and the music teachers, like, come alive. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll have 30-year sevens who are just mashing the keyboard for yeah. an hour. DJ, and like, DJ, yeah, DJ. And you just see all happiness and joy seep out of the teacher. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's... Uh... Yeah, and it's no surprise that there are so many sort of mental health, you know, issues in schools, like with teachers, like, it's just, it's just mayhem, like, whenever my other half comes home, she's always like, Jesus Christ, you won't believe what's happened today, like, you know, a TA is just, like, stapling herself to the wall, like, you know, all sorts of just, just, yeah, I could, yeah, I've, you know... Well.
1: Like, like for example tonight at quarter past three I go and stand on the gate as all the kids leave um, but tonight from quarter past three till about four o'clock I just had to go patrol the town because there was like <laughs> kids jumping each other and you know and then I wound up going back to the school and then I had to take a kid home in my car because he was worried about his safety like it's dark times
0: in Yorkshire. I was going to say, yeah, it's proper Happy Valley kind of shit, that. It's, and the thing, I think, like, the the high school that I went to that's just up the road, like, it's the only high school for, like, quite a few miles. So it's just, like, everybody goes there. It's everything from sort of the children of Al Capone to Heartbeat. It's, like, two extremes <laughs> of, like... And when whenever they're, they're finishing school and they're just all in the village, it's just, like, mayhem. Like there's a uh, not there's a Gerard's Bakery and it's just rammed with kids and some of them are sort of like counting out the change, some of them are just wiping sort of custard on the walls. It's like <laughs> it's just mayhem. Like you got to feel for some of these people. <laughs> like well, we
1: we realised tonight. Like I said, we were sort of wandering the streets because we'd heard that some of the kids were going to be up to no good, and we realised that a lot of the kids were following us. Because they thought we were like the Pied Piper and we were going to lead them to a fight they can and yeah. watch. And in the end, we were like, well, I'm just going to go
0: home. Just a big warehouse <laughs> with a boxing ring in the middle of it. Like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. no, it, I, I do like it. It's just... Do
0: you want uh, to try that again? Or- <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the thing is, I quite often look at my pension. I always think yeah. that's, that's, what, that's what it's all about. Yeah. But I, I've worked at my school now for 15 years.
0: All oh, right, okay.
1: So I've got to do that again, twice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. yeah. Just keep looking I, at the pension. Just keep looking yeah, at those numbers. I, I
1: don't want to be in my 60s, walking around, trying to stop kids fighting.
0: Just like, yeah, just pinning kids yeah. down for just like, for throating everybody. And,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. It's not a good look, is it, when you're 65 and you think, only two more years to go or whatever it is now till I can retire. (laughs)
2: Ah,
0: W-C-C-Y. If you weren't a teacher, what else, what would your career choice be?
1: Starts with B, ends with Q. (laughs) I I always say... Home base. um, I'd love to work at the tip.
0: Oh, now, see, I don't know whether... I think I may have mentioned this on our podcast. Our local tip, right, is about, is about eight miles away. Let's round it up. It's about ten miles in that direction. <laughs> let's, let's not be specific about this sort of thing. And the people that work there, right, they're the absolute Gestapo of North Wales, right? <laughs> they're just... They're the worst people that could ever work somewhere like that, where you've got a load of things they root through everything and they're like you're not putting that in there there is no way and they will watch you like a hawk they're awful they're awful human beings that work in that one i don't mind saying it
1: i I just think like yeah you could have a slow day at the tip but imagine the joy if someone brings like a sofa and it's your job to reduce it to the size of a shoebox.
0: Oh, see, we haven't got any of that sort of stuff. We're not that sophisticated with our tips. They're literally just bins that are built into the ground that a big right. lorry comes and just drags them away every now and again.
1: It's Oh, see, we we've got a couple we've got a a machine one where the floor kind of oh, goes backwards yes. and forwards and just smashes everything. And then the one you put the wood in, it's got like It'd be a bit like a log, but it's made out of metal, and it's spiked like a cheese grater, and it rolls backwards and forwards, just shredding anything in its path.
0: Now, this is the sort of thing that next time you go to the skip, that needs videoing.
1: When you get in your car to leave and you see someone pull out a full mahogany desk, you're like...
0: You you get out and have
1: another look. (laughs) Just like, do you need a hand with that, mate?
0: Brilliant. Oh, no, that's this is a different world, guys. Do you, I don't know whether this was a thing in England during COVID, but it's still in place here. That when you go to the skip, you have to show ID. No. Oh, see, we have to show ID to say that we live like within the area of the skip. Right. Okay. Because when during COVID, because there's not a lot of there isn't a lot of skips that are around us. To be honest, I think after that one, you've got to go to maybe i don't know like shrewsbury way probably you've got to go over the border and if you want to stay in wales maybe like mold is like the nearest place so they may just show id because there was sort of a big pandemic obviously there was a big pandemic but there was another another pandemic of people coming over the border to use the skip See, it's mad, isn't it?
1: Cross-contamination of... Exactly,
0: we're not... Of waste. <laughs> <laughs> of things nobody wants or are ever going to touch. It's... Yeah. Uh...
1: now No, we had it where you could book in to go to the tip. Wow. During COVID. Yeah. Get, like, an allocated slot to go in.
0: That's brilliant.
1: Yeah. I wish I still did that, because ours is on, like, a main road, but the drive into the tip is about eight foot. So <laughs> if it's full... <laughs> You can have one car waiting, and you have to park on, like, an A road (laughs) to get into it.
0: I I thought about doing something, because I want to know where our rubbish goes. I thought if I buy an air tag...
1: And just chuck it in.
0: Chuck it in the bin, and just see where it goes. Like, probably end up in, like, Bombay in the sea, doesn't it? (laughs) But I'd love to know where it goes, because there's there's a sort of a big, uh, like, landfill that's not far from us. And apparently all the rubbish that's from there is from, like, Newcastle. So, like, Rob and Liam's old <laughs> Doctor Who DVDs yeah. are probably down the road. Like, I just want to know where it goes.
1: I don't think we've got... We probably do. I've not looked into it enough. I don't think we have a landfill.
0: Oh, it probably comes what? here.
1: I know I know. at Manchester they've got that massive incinerator.
0: Oh, yeah. Huge yeah. I know that if, if you're on, uh, on, if it's a clear day, right, and you go up the coast, Hollywell, and you can look over sort of the, um, whatever you call it, sea, water thing, towards sort of Liverpool and then beyond, you can see it faintly in the distance. Like, you can oh, see wow. it. It's amazing. On a clear day. It's what you really want to see. A load of rubbish time, burning.
1: Last time I went to Manchester, me and my friends were driving home. We drove past it. And then, some 20 minutes later, we drove past it again, and we didn't realise we'd just been caught in this one way system going round and round and round. Yeah.
2: Uh, you just started listening to WCCY. Don't click off, because click. People are going to be on a computer while they listen to it. There might be. Who cares? There's
0: nobody there. Who are you talking to? So on the subject of jobs that you'd want to do, let's change that to your other career, which is podcasting. Mm-hmm. If you could have a podcast on any other subject, subject other than Doctor Who, and it can't be Robot Wars, because I thought that's what you might say. <laughs>
2: yeah, straight what, away.
0: <laughs> let me finish. If, uh, before, so not Robot Wars, but any other subject, what would you, what would you do your podcast on?
1: I'm absolutely... Livid that there's that uh, off menu podcast because that, that is, I mean, that's the first 20 minutes of our podcast. Well, yeah, yeah, that's so it, it. It would be food. It all I do at work, if there's an awkward silence, I just ask everyone what they had for tea last night, and but like not just as like a verbal cue, like genuine interest what yeah. has everyone had, was it nice.
0: See, going back to COVID, I developed this, I suppose you could say it like a nervous tick, like you say about asking people about Mm. what they had. I started asking people in shops, like, have you been busy? Like all of the cashiers and stuff like that. I'd say, have you been busy? And it started off as a sort of like, I bet you're having a horrendous time in here. So I'll just be friendly and sort of thing. But now every shop I go into, whoever's on the till, I'm just like, have you been busy? And honestly, people light up. I'm sure they're not just sort of putting it on because people just don't speak to people anymore. Well, they don't round here. Yeah. Like, like, see, I go into a shop and I'm like, have you been busy? And they just talk, like they just keep speaking about, like, oh, it was quite busy. I stacked the shelves earlier on and then this happened and then this happened. It's like, you pay by cash or card? And then the manager came out and like took the thing. I was like, oh, brilliant. But you get all the inside gossip about, you know, like the manager's a right ass. <laughs>
1: See, one of my, like, verbal tics, other than saying like all the time, is uh, if if I'm at work, I must have a thousand students and staff all day just going, are you all right? And I just say, <laughs> uh, I just go, yeah, all, all the better, now I've seen you. And I'll walk ten feet and someone will go, you are right, sir? Yeah, all the better, now I've seen you. <laughs> and at first, all the kids were like, that's a really nice, what a nice guy and they've all cottoned on. It's just oh, all no. I say to avoid conversation.
0: Yeah. It's like an automated reply like when yeah. when the iPhone rings and it's like you can send a, like a message if you're in a meeting. In a meeting, we'll call you soon.
1: Like, yeah, just say like, yeah, now I've seen you, and just walk off.
0: Yeah. I mean I try I think my my standard go uh, goodbye is don't have too much fun. Like I right. say that all the time, like don't have too much fun, but to the point where I've said it at a few fu- funerals and got a bit of a funny look, and but yeah, you, you know when you just don't think about what you've what you've just said. It's uh
1: yeah. Is there a job you would never do? Is there a job I'd never do? Um. I obviously like working in a Chinese sweatshop for two pence yeah, an hour. So, right? Yeah,
0: being employed by Primark in the Middle East. <laughs> it's um. <laughs> I don't know, you know. I think anything sort of hospitality scares me. One, because I've never done it, and two, the people look so unhappy doing it. And I'm not saying that's not their fault, but just sort of waiting on people and things like that—it just seems soul destroying. Just because people are so ungrateful. Like, not to try and sort of say as if like, oh, I'm I great, but whenever we go out. For anything like that, I always try and be like as nice as we possibly can be. Just because you think it just must be horrendous. Like I can't imagine just like, oh my steak's not cooked right, can you just get rid of that now? And just things <laughs> like that. I just Oh no. I couldn't do that. But I think Yeah, that that would probably be the the thing that I don't think I could do. I mean if needs must, I think you can sort of find the will to do anything if you're on like the bones of your ass you know cuz bills don't stop coming do they i think you know you, you could find the will to do it but
1: um i can't remember what i was watching the other day it was something it was a bit like life of grime where people were climbing through like the most narrow tubes oh yeah and i had like a full blown visceral claustrophobia type yeah. thing i'd hate that anything like that
0: It's, yeah, I know, I I think I've, I'm sure I've told this story on the podcast before. I probably said it with you about when Tim used to work on the drains. Mm. And, uh, yeah, the story of the big blocked drain was, uh... Yes. No, I'm all right, thank you. I I think, actually, anything with heights, because I think heights is probably my biggest fear. Oh, really? Yeah. It's even felt in the shed roof, I get a bit wobbly. What's your biggest fear, Jerome?
1: I don't like birds. Like, I'm not scared of them. But, yeah. but like, when, if you're, I'm walking down the street and you can see one flying and it just looks like it's going to hit you in the head, I yeah. really hate that. And if there's one on the ground and you're w- walking towards it and all of a sudden it just goes crazy, fluttering yep. as it takes, hate, yeah. <laughs> hate it.
2: Um, it's,
0: there's a lot of people that are scared of birds, though. Like, I have noticed that the first time I heard somebody say it, it was, the neighbour who lives next door to me, ma'am, and he was like, I'm terrified of birds. And I was like, terrified of birds? And then since then, I've heard so many people say that. that it's just like this well, fear.
1: When, when I was in Australia, I, I can't remember if I've ever told you, I got attacked by a magpie. And it was horrible. It, I genuinely thought I was being mugged. I think... it, it felt like being punched in the head. And I, I just hated it ever since. Like ran down the street, turned around like, Oh, where's my attacker? And there's a single bird in the middle just of the road. Just a magpie. Rug. Yeah.
0: One for sorrow, two for joy. It's uh Yeah. But yeah but birds can be funny though, especially like in a city where there's just millions of the things. You yeah. know, like I see a massive flock of pigeons and they just they just go everywhere. It's just Yeah, that's not nice. So uh, on the subject of Job, so you said that your job would be sort of the confined spacey, drainy kind of yeah, I couldn't do that
1: anything claustrophobic, like yeah. I, in fact, that's probably up there with birds as my big fear, yeah. But rationalizing it, I just don't put myself in that situation. Like, I'd, I'd hate it to be like fucking Winnie the Pooh, someone walks past my arse is stuck in the air where I'm stuck, yeah, you know. <laughs> Get me out, you know, get me out. Just, no thank you.
0: No, it's like caving and things like that. I, I mm. It looks amazing, but I could never do it. Because I'm a member of the Big Lads Club as one. Yeah. So that sort of stuff just sort of gets written off instantly. Like, you know, you're not going to well, get in there. I, but
1: I, I'm a little bit older than you, but when I was younger, there used to be a programme on the BBC called 999 Lifesavers. And it, it used to reenact... 999 calls Oh yes. some of them were like horrible, like there was one where a guy was walking along the top of a wall and he fell onto like an iron grate fence and it had gone through his leg but I I remember one where there was kids playing in the back garden and they were running through the house, back garden to front garden and stuff and the mum was like stop running through the house stop it, (laughs) so this little girl had tried to squeeze through between two houses that were, at like, maybe a foot at most apart and obviously got stuck. And, like, it makes me feel sick yeah. if that had happened to me.
0: That's uh, that's intense, that is. Mm. I'd want you to just shoot me if that happened, if I got stuck like that. Yeah. Just don't try.
1: Well, again, as a child, I remember... I once got locked into, like, a walk-in wardrobe with one of my cousins. We were playing, and, like, the door handle (laughs) fell off. And I I remember it was, like, a hostage situation. I was, like, going, let's just stay calm. We're going to be all right. And I was, like, I'm in my auntie's house. There's three people in the house, and we're two of them. Someone's going to suspect where we've gone.
0: Well, there might have been a lion and a witch, you know.
1: but, like, literally, like, Hugging him, just go. Don't worry, we're getting out of this alive. It's gonna be we're okay. It's
0: gonna be okay. Shh, shh. It's like, yeah, we're just in his bedroom, basically. That's yeah. That's uh, yeah. G- getting stuck in thing. I remember once we played. I think it was in York, in the uh, Barbican thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, this is going back a few years now. And our guitarist went for like a wander around all like the underneath. You know, where all of the just dressing rooms and stuff like that are. And he'd gone into like a sort of storage room thing because it had one of those sort of press-to-open door latches. But he'd gone in and it was pitch black. The door had shut and he couldn't find the door. Oh, wow. So he'd been in there for like an hour in the darkness and we couldn't we didn't know where he was because we were like, well, where where's Ian? <laughs> yeah. Where's Ian gone? And just wandered about, wandered about, couldn't find anything. Next thing, we like at the bottom of the corridor, we could just hear this banging, and he just—we had to let him out of the room because it was like a one. You must have been able to get out through the door, but you know when I think you know when you just panic and you just can't figure out how just doors work and things like that. And he was just hammering on the door, and he was just pale, as if like, (laughs) (laughs) as if his intestines had been ripped out, and he—it was, uh, yeah. Don't, so don't go into places you don't know. There's a top tip. Yeah. Top tip.
2: Yeah. W-C-C-Y.
0: Now, you mentioned mental health earlier on. What's something that you struggle with in life? <laughs>
1: I, I, I never knew what it was called until a couple of years ago imposter syndrome so it, it's where you constantly feel somebody is going to catch you out so like if if i'm teaching a lesson and somebody walks in the room i always just go oh they must be here because this lesson's shit yeah yeah <laughs> or like oh they must have heard on the grapevine that i'm not doing a good job um so yeah i re- i massively struggle with that yeah and like, if I have, like, review meetings at work, I'm always, like, mortified. Yeah. But then, like, any other day, I'll just be like, well, if I was rubbish, I wouldn't be here. They'd have sacked me. Yeah. And, you know, just assuming I'm not quite good
2: enough.
0: Yeah, up. yeah. I think, uh, you. Uh, I don't know about you, but, like, you always seem to look at other people that do something that's similar to you, and it's like, well, why do they... Why do they just find it so easy? Like, are they not just a ball of stress, mm. panicking like all the time about, like just mm. little things, like don't, like nothing? Yeah. Like the things you worry over are just like they're just nothing. Just yeah, you know. But it's so hard to sort of not. It's easy to say, you know, what you're worrying about, like it's nothing. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's, it's
1: like we. Our school did get steadied last year. So everyone was stressed to the max, and I'd almost convinced myself it was going to be fine, because like people were coming to me going, oh, I'm worried, I'm worried, and all I kept saying was, don't worry, uh, pressure is for your car tyres, no pressure today, (laughs) everything's fine. Yeah. Eventually, I kind of half believed myself.
2: Yeah, but,
0: that's good though. Like, it's good yeah. that you can sort of convince yourself out of a out of a situation. Like,
1: yeah, but yeah, I think in in terms of my like mental well being, that is massive for me. Yeah, like if ever anyone comes to me and they're like, "Oh, can you just do this for me?" Like, i I'll, I'll make sure I've done it to the best of my ability. Yeah, but not because I'm fantastic at doing it, but more like I can't be seen to be shit at this. Yeah, like, you that's
0: know. yeah. It's uh, yeah. I know. I know what you mean. It's sort of yeah. And I I can't say no. That's my problem with stuff like that. Is if somebody yeah. asks me to do something i just i can't say no but then i panic about thinking well why if no is the hardest thing to say but sometimes it's the best thing to say that sounds a bit tony yeah. blair but it it didn't yeah. mean to say that but you know it it's it can be the best thing to do sometimes but if i do say yes to it you you've got to make sure that you know you do yeah, it
1: right well, like, like i say I, I took a couple of well-being days in fairness, probably didn't need them as much <laughs> as, <laughs> as other times. But I, I think we've just got a culture where that's seen as almost a real weakness. Like, why don't people do that more often? Yeah. If you had a broken leg, you wouldn't climb yourself to work. No, no. But, like, if you're just not feeling it, it, it just, you don't have to go. No. Like, yeah. that, that was like a revelation where I was... I went to work the day after, and I was like, "Oh my God, there's going to be thousands of emails." I think I had thirty, and most of them were automated replies and stuff. I was just like, "Right, well, the world's not going to burn if I'm not here." So that's that's the thing.
0: It's yeah. yeah. I think I always imagine about people who are in like really high pressure jobs, like they must sort of just drive themselves into a position where they think they can't have a day off because if they have a day off the wheels just fall off and that's it. Like, you know, they've just had it. Like It's, yeah. yeah. But I think some people, I think I'm sort of like that to a certain point, especially with sort of band things. I take on a lot of responsibility for sort of booking things. So then I just by default become the one who has to organise everything and get everything out to everybody. And can you all learn this by this time? And then you need to turn up here and then you need to sort of out, sort out with a venue when you've got to turn up and things I know it seems like little things but a lot of those little things do just sort of mount yeah. up and especially when you look forward into a diary and you're like holy shit there's a lot of them coming up and I need to do that for all of them that are sort of yeah but I think I think one of my sort of big ones of um of sort of uh struggles is and i i never really realized what it was until i heard somebody talk about it the other day on a sort of um it was like a sort of podcast but it's just on youtube you know like a sort of thing and they said that they suffer really badly with vocal dysphoria so i did a bit of googling and it turns out like the the term of vocal dysphoria came about sort of when people are transitioning from you know gender swapping okay. and, and they're sort of uncomfortable with the way their voice they feel like their voice doesn't suit what their what they want their perceived look to sort of, you know, come across mm-hmm. as. And I was like Right, okay. And then I heard this guy saying about it, and I was like, oh my god, that's I've a hundred percent like I'm convinced I've got like a sort of vocal dysphoria thing. Not in a sort of that I don't like the sound of my own voice. Cause obviously we record a podcast, I hear my voice probably more than mm-hmm. you know, I hear it all the time like I'm hearing it through the headphones now and it's it's more of a sort of in a gig situation I've convinced myself that I don't like the sound of my voice as much as I would like the sound of somebody else singing because I was I've never considered myself a singer and whenever any whenever I say this sort of thing to people that I know they always sort of go oh right okay yeah whatever but like I genuinely don't. It's like I only ever consider myself a piano player because it's the only thing I know really how to do.
1: But then, for, for all like the music videos and things that you release, like uh, I mean, I don't troll through them, but I see you get a lot of positive, nice feedback. Yeah. Have you, have you ever had any negative or any that have really hit with you?
0: Um, I I had what there was one uh, uh, negative. Not so much. I think the only sort of negatives ones that I get are people that say, sort of, why don't you just record the drums as well? And like the simple answer is that I just I've got nowhere to put the camera when the drums are here. Like right. that's that's as as simple as it is. Like you would I can't I can't get the camera far enough away for it to sort of for it to work. But in terms of sort of positive ones, I had one that's on one of my YouTube videos. And I had to sort of, it was it was in it was from somebody in Japan, so it was sort of half English. You could tell that they'd sort of like made an effort to sort of write in English, and it was an enormous comment. Like they just went read on, read on, read on, read on, and it was just this massive email message about how they'd been struggling with loads of things, and they found this video and they couldn't believe how great it was, and like loads of things like that. And stuff like that is great. I try not to take... I'm not very... I think I'm not very good with compliments, but I don't think anybody is, really. I think if you're okay with getting compliments, or you sort of thrive... Well, not not thrive on it, because I think it is a good thing to get, but I think if you're sort of... comfortable with compliments, I think it it can sort of say something a little bit about your personality maybe you're a little bit confident with that sort of thing and confidence is fine to have but i think you always expect a compliment i think then yeah. and then when they if it doesn't come i think it can sort of thing so i never do it for the compliments i've i've only ever sort of done those videos and stuff on youtube as a sort of a, a proof that i'm not dead <laughs> cuz i think Like, going back a few years when I sort of took the touring thing a lot more seriously, it was sort of... That sort of dealt with itself. Like, I didn't have to sort of... I was just the person that was in that band or I was the person that did that sort of thing. But I think as soon as that sort of stopped and I decided, actually, I think I want to do something on my own or I want to teach or I want to do whatever, you sort of... That train carries on going, but you're sort of left behind. Mm. So... All of that stuff that had you in it has just disappeared, though. So, I think I'd sort of just did it as that sort of a thing, and to a certain extent, it's sort of become a bit of a noose around my neck because uh, when I started the first video, which I think was a sort of just over a year ago from now when we're recording this, and it just so happened to be an Asia song, and I'm not, I'm not the biggest Asia fan, right? I I like them you know that's why i chose the song but because it went down well i did another one and then the band saw it and then certain things happened like with with me and the band but like it just sort of became a thing that everybody expected so whatever i released the only thing anybody was ever interested in was asia so oh, really? <laughs> like I could do I could do anything else and most of the comments would be like this is great why don't you do this asia song that nobody's <laughs> yeah. ever heard of or it, like literally if anybody ever looked through any of the <clears> comments <throat> of anything that is un- anything other than asia it is all comments of people saying why don't you do this song off an asia album why don't you do this one sort of thing which is great you know I like that people like that thing but it, it become it makes it more and more difficult to sort of not do that area of music like but on the other hand like you look at other things like people on YouTube like I post most of my stuff on Twitter but recently I sort of I moved more to sort of putting them on YouTube because I've got this thing where if I post it constantly on Twitter about that sort of stuff I think how annoying it would be to see it that's
1: yeah, like it, it's like, for people to look for rather than you.
0: Yeah, but then again, a lot of the people that are following me on Twitter follow it because they found it, so that's what they want. Like, mm-hmm. so you've got to sort of show it to them, but not ram it down the other people's throats, and that's that's so tricky. That's something that I really struggle with. But on the subject of like the vocal dysphoria thing. A lot of people, when I did the first video, a lot of people said, you sound a lot like the singer that was in the original in the original band. And I was like, I don't hear that. And then Tim came and he was like, do you know what? You sound a lot like the original. And I was like, I don't hear that. And then the keyboard player shared it and said exactly the same thing. And like, I still don't fear it. I still don't hear that. But now my brain has got to a point that I think oh god, so I've got to really try to overcompensate and try and do that sort of thing. So I'm constantly thinking, and whenever we're at a gig now, this is only something that's sort of recent probably since post-Covid, I just assume that everybody in the audience can sing and play and they're constantly looking to sort of say, that was a little bit flat or like, oh, that's not quite right. Is it? Where in reality, none of them care. Like, no. They don't care. They don't care. But it's just,
2: yeah.
1: That's it. Like, you know, we, we've been doing our podcast for the best part of four years. And I think in all that time, at most, we might have had three, like, emails, tweets, whatever, just saying, oh, you know, I'm not happy with that. Yeah. And, like... Like, we we talked about it recently, and David's like, oh, that would have chewed me up, I'd have been really distressed. But actually, he's a lot better at rationalising it than I am. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, water off a duck's back, like, don't care. Whereas I'll be... So the recent one was when I recorded with Shona, and that guy came out and he was oh, like, yeah, why, yeah. Do you, why do you always say like? And, I mean... You know, I've known Shona for like some time, but I just wanted to do a good job, so I was maybe a bit nervous. Yeah, I was probably quite tired because we recorded late, <laughs> and and just this guy was like, Oh, "If every other word wasn't like, I think I'd prefer it." Okay. So <laughs> the the only way I knew I could deal with that was just to turn it into one big joke. Yeah. And just ridicule the whole thing, totally disarm it. Um, I'm still waiting to see if that guy's like listened to the episode where we tear him apart. But
0: it's that's the thing is sometimes like opinions. Mm. It's a certain you've got to have opinions off a certain person are great. Like if somebody Mm. says, like, I know I I mentioned Tim a lot, but he's just it's the sort of the closest musical person that I've got. Like if Tim says, I don't think that's I think you could do one better than that. I don't mind that because it's sort of like. I know what you're talking about. And then occasionally, like, some people online, like, if they make a comment and they sort of back it up with something, like, I don't mind that. I It is what it is. Like, whenever... Because I've always, like, been the band leader in things that I've done. So, like, I have to openly sort of criticise things or say, you know, we need to try that again because it's not... that's not great or that's wrong, we need to change that. That sort of thing's fine. Like, I... I'll take that on board. It's the sort of out of nowhere random things like well, I just said like. But like things like like you mentioned then about somebody picking up that you said like a lot. Like I didn't pick that up. And even when you no. said when you sent the message and said this is what's happened, I went back and listened and I was like, It's not they haven't said it that much. It's not as if it's sort of
1: But then we we got one once and it was like, Oh, I can't believe this is a, a Doctor Who podcast. When one of the hosts hasn't even watched An Unearthly Child, that's It's the point of our podcast. I'm watching it all and learning yeah. as I go. And yeah. it's just like, call yourself a fan. No, I'm not really. Open, <laughs> I openly say I'm not.
0: <laughs> yeah. But. It's, yeah. That, yeah. It's people who keep, keep your opinions to yourself. Like, everything's yeah, like that.
1: I, I don't know, because, like, with, with Doctor Who, it, it is some people's passion in life. And it, yeah, yeah. it's just not mine. So if you make a flippant comment, yeah. you, you, you're always going to offend somebody, aren't you?
0: That's, I think that's the problem. Whenever there's anything... Uh, when you think about it, most things have got a fandom
1: like
0: Mm. i've i've noticed over the past couple of weeks i've started watching a lot of sort of electrical repair videos on youtube (laughs) like they're just great there's this bloke my turning
2: for
1: me i love wood turning
0: oh it's just great that sort of stuff there's this bloke my mate vince where he just buys like a playstation that's broke and he's like right why doesn't it work let's just make it work fix it and the people in the comments get so worked up about, oh, my God, I can't believe you turned the, you touched the capacitor that way. Why did you do that? And it's yeah. just like, Jesus Christ, it works now. Like, just leave it. Just leave it. Yeah. People get worked up over stuff. And, uh, it, you know, it's fine. It's understandable. It's people's passion. It's like music's my passion. Some people have Doctor Who as, like, their main passion. But they get so offensive and defensive over little things where... I think people just need to sort of let go after a while. Just Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: like, if if your hobby stops being fun, yeah, it probably shouldn't be your hobby.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's I think that I've I've sort of been lucky in a certain point where my hobby has been allowed to be my work. Mm. But you have to sort of take it seriously but not take it too seriously, otherwise it becomes really dull. I know that before COVID, I went through a patch with all of the gigs where I really struggled to enjoy them. Like I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't enjoy it. I hated every gig that we ever played. It was like I heard the voice recordings back and I was like, I hate my voice. We need to get a singer. And we even went down the route of like auditioning people. And in in the end, it's just like, did everybody else have a nice time? Yeah. There you go. That's fine. That's yeah. like that's all we're there for is to just people to have a nice time. Like yeah. you know, who cares? Yeah, you know.
2: Anyway. it's
1: got it's got deep tonight. oh yeah, I was it's gonna like, say. You know, I think last time I was on, we talked about goblins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we phoned
0: Tim about his goblin in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you've got a W, you you've got a couple of C, chuck it Y, You got yourself a good WCCY pie.
1: So what one, one thing I've semi-prepared, okay, was I, w- I was listening to one of your recent episodes. I'm sorry, and I, it's, it's fine. I thought <laughs> Luke might be here. and one of the things that the two of you said you always wanted to do, and what I've prepared is a spelling bee.
0: Oh God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is an American sixth-grade spelling bee. So this is for eleven-year-olds.
0: Right now, I can't spell without. Am I allowed a pen and paper?
1: No, no oh. that's one of the rules. The only thing you can do is you can ask me to use the word in a sentence.
0: Oh right, okay. Have I got so to wear you, a tie and stand on a stage as well?
1: Yeah, and um, remain a virgin till you die in death. I was <laughs> So, the, f- the first word, they're going to increase in difficulty, it says.
0: Okay. okay.
1: So, the first word I'd like you to spell for us, Harry, is action.
0: Action. Can I spell it on my hand with my <laughs> if, invisible if, pen? If you need to. A. C. A C T I O N. That's correct. Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: All right. Give you one point for that. Right. <laughs> Your second word. Yes. Can you spell the word surface?
0: S-U-R-F-A-C-E. Excellent. Thank you.
1: Word number three. Can you spell noisy?
0: Uh. Now, I always spell this wrong. No, this is the a, a word that I always struggle with. Ah,
1: It's got no E in it. It's N-O-I-S-Y.
0: Is that have I failed now?
1: Yeah, it's all right. We We've got a good two minutes of content out of it. That's
0: all right. Have I got the the reading age of a three year old? Is that? Um,
1: I don't think it scores you, but apparently the list I've got is three hundred words. Good you God. should Know how to spell by the time you're eleven.
0: Brilliant. Well, like it, no. I, I mean, I did state before we started that with a pen and paper, I'll be all right. I got sent um, on the subject of uh, reading and spelling. I got sent a book from Ian Martin from uh, Mark Cockrum's and Ian's mm-hmm. podcast, and I opened it with complete fear that the text is absolutely tiny and it's about a billion pages, and it's about Doctor Who, so uh, that'll be uh, that'll be fun to read. So if anybody's read uh, read, uh, oh, actually, I won't re- say what it is because I don't think I'm supposed to. <laughs> Not yet. What was one subject in school when you were in school as a, as a pupil that you feared the most or disliked
1: uh, see I, I i tell my students this all the time in a in another world i'd be a maths teacher because when i was at school i had a maths teacher that i wasn't particularly fond of yeah but she went on maternity leave and we got this brilliant old guy and every lesson was like magic and yeah I just fell in love with it, and it became super easy. Like, even now, I'm pretty good at maths. I can do countdown and stuff. Um, and then I remember just going into the classroom one day, like, yes, it's maths. And she'd come back off maternity leave, and he was gone. And I was just like, Oh, Dumb. no. Um, but, yeah, I really liked that. I, I really liked woodwork and technology, yeah. but I was never as good at it as I wanted to be. Like, in my mind's eye, I'd be making, like, beautiful tables and I'd just, like, have two blocks of wood glued together. Yeah.
0: it's It was maths for me. I always struggled with maths. All I think I'm... I, probably I'm a little bit numerically dyslexic. Right. That it just doesn't go in. Like, it, I just really, really struggle with maths. And I'm not ashamed to say that. I know some people are very, sort of, fearful yeah. of what people think like with spelling and maths with with all sorts of subjects like that people are a little bit fearful of the views of what other people like think of that but I always struggled with it and i remember in year four i think it was in primary school we had a we had a teacher mrs tomlinson and she there was something about the way she taught maths that I just understood it like everything she taught like you said with that the old guy that came in. I just, I just got it. Like, I don't know what it was. And then ever since I left that class, nobody else seemed to teach it in a way that I understood, and I never, I could just never do it. I think I only got a C by GCSE, probably because I cheated. Like, I must have had just a load of numbers written on my hand, and just...
1: The, the guy that taught me, he was, his name was Mr. Gilpin, and randomly he appeared on my Facebook as, like, people you might know. And I thought, he, I thought he must be in his 90s. Yeah, he, he knew nowhere when he was allowed. When he taught. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, like, I've got to take this opportunity. So I sent him a really nice message just going, Look, you might not remember me. It's been some 20 years, but I just wanted to say massive thank you, you know. Like, because of you, I developed this, like, understanding and I carry it forward into my job. Um, and he was just like, Oh, Yo, Matthew, are you Mark's brother? I remember. Do you keep in touch with Chris that you sat with? And he, like, remembered everything.
0: everything. Weird, that, it, isn't it? Some people yeah. have just such a great memory for things like that.
1: That's it. Like, I, I mean, I've been teaching 15 years. I couldn't pick out in a no. police lineup people I've taught. No. And he just knew it, everything. And I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was brilliant.
0: I had, uh, speaking of, like, people that have got great memory like that, I was in. I think it was Liverpool. I I I might have said this on the podcast in Liverpool. I think it was last year. And I was in the queue. And I can't remember what it was for now. And somebody came up and they said, You used to be in a band, didn't you? And I was like, Yeah. And they went, We saw you in the like whatever it was. It was like, You were the, you were the, uh, you played the the, uh, piano, didn't you? And the organ bits. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, I did. And they were like, Can we get a picture? I was like, this is really weird. Like, how do you remember... Like, something... Like, there's no evidence of it anyway. Like, it's not as if... It was just really weird. Like, some people are just so switched on with, like, remembering names and faces and things like that, and I'm definitely not one of those people. Like, I, I can't remember anything. Like, yeah. it's... Yeah. Massive struggle. Right. What have you been watching recently?
1: Uh, the Apprentice. Really? But, but I don't really like it. But I cannot get enough of Alan Sugar's
0: shit jokes. Oh, right, okay. Like, a-
1: every episode, he'll tell one joke, and they'll go, Oh, oh Lord Sugar. <laughs> and it, it's never funny. No. It, 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 like, I think one of the contestants was an exterminator, and wow. He was like, oh, you might be an ex Terminator, but I'm the Terminator, and I might be saying, you're not back. I'm like, that's, that's not the line, Alan. It's, I'll no. be back. Mm. But they all go, oh, Sir Alan.
0: Yeah, please give me a job.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, anything like that. I like programs. It's usually middle class people. I like watching them fail. Yeah, it's great.
0: It's great. Yeah. Really confident ones as well. I like them yeah. to be crushed.
1: Like, um, when they get sacked, oh. they're Like, they're like, oh, I'll show you. And then, you know, you see them two years later and they're running a market stall.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they're doing really well. <laughs>
1: um, I don't, I don't know. I've been watching The Last of Us. That's see, like...
0: my other half's been watching that, and she says it's great. Mm. But I, I haven't watched it only because I just haven't watched it yet i'm sort of waiting for a few people to say it's good that's usually my my go-to is i get a few opinions and then i'll go for it but because it's a game isn't it we we've got the game but we never i think we only played it for a little bit
1: i i'm certain going back i think it might have been when me and mark were on your pod and we were talking about computer games i was like it's the best game best game you've ever played yeah. yeah, so I, I was really, really up for the TV show.
0: Does it live up to it?
1: Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. Um, but no, me... So I, I don't watch a lot of live telly. Like no. I'll watch, I'll stream stuff. But usually on an evening, it gets to about seven, eight o'clock. And if I've not got anything on... Like, my brother and a few friends, we have a little group, and we play PUBG, which is a bit like Fortnite, but for adults.
2: Right. So most
1: nights, like, we have, like... Because there's six of us, so it'd be on rotation, any of the six of us could be doing that. So, yeah. Just to catch up with each other, so...
0: Well, know. we've been watching um, a lot of uh, The American Office. Okay. Now i've i'd never seen it before i think i maybe i saw one episode sort of when it came out like 2005 or whatever it was like i would have just sort of seen it in passing and i don't remember enjoying it only probably because i was 10 but you know but so i came from i came to the american office via the sort of things that came after it like parks and recreation and stuff like that yeah and i'm obsessed I'm just obsessed with The American Office. I just think it's great. How how far through are you? We're on season five now, I think. Or maybe season six. Uh, It's just great. It's like.
1: Like when when it's at its best.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's unbeatable. It's just great. And usually, I'm not a fan of that American humour. Like, looking. Now that I've watched The American Office, I see why some people don't like Parks and Recreation. Yeah. Like, it's very it's very American, and some people just don't click with that sort of humour. And I'm 50-50 with it sometimes. I click with American stuff, and other times I don't. But this, I, uh, it's just great. Like, but,
1: but, yeah, there's... So, like, I, I've watched all the Friends and The Office and things, but then the, what, there's some that people really harp on. Like, I've never watched Seinfeld. <laughs>
0: okay. No, no, I've never. Uh, no.
1: And one of one of my close friends is like, "Oh, Frasier's like the best program you'll ever watch."
0: It's okay. Yeah, I see. I love Frasier. Really? We bought the. We watched. I I used to watch it before I went to school in the morning because it was on like Channel Four, <laughs> channel or four like yeah. you know, like seven o'clock in the morning, and I was obsessed. And then we bought the box set a few years ago, and we just binged it all. And I just I, I just love it. I just think it's great but i don't i think it's more like the characters rather than like what's actually happening cuz nothing ever happens yeah like yeah. like nothing over the whole season the whole series like there's four plot points probably that are sort of meaningful you know like a marriage a death a marriage or whatever <laughs> like that's that's all that's there but i just really like the characters
1: it's like um quite quite often when when i go see my partner cuz she works from home She'll have the TV on in the background, and usually by the time I get there, the Big Bang Theory's on. See. And I... I it's okay. The bet That's probably as good as I can say. But then my dad, who is in his 60s, Yorkshire man, farm mechanic, loves it. Like, he cannot eat his tea without the telly on and the Big Bang Theory, and he'll do, like, big guffaw laughs at it, and...
0: It's, yeah i've 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 really struggled with a big bang theory i think it's that it's supposed to be cringy isn't it like that's the like the yeah. one of the elements that makes it funny but i really struggle with it because you can i can sort of feel that it's forced and i think maybe not that i sort of fit in with them but you can sort of see that oh right okay the fandom and things like that are sort of mm. it's It's poking it a little bit, isn't it? And it sort of becomes a little bit uncomfortable. Like You sort of become a bit self-aware that you think, oh, actually, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, I used to have a science book on the bedside, you know, like things like that, and you just think, oh, God, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, I I do struggle with that. Um, But, yeah, The American Office, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we watched recently.
1: I I watched the worst film I think I've ever seen. Oh, go on. So I I watched it's on Netflix and it's called Coin Heist.
0: Is it a Netflix original? It is, yeah. Alright, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. The Where seal of all, of quality and
1: <laughs> all the kids in the school are played by like 35-year-olds. It's one yeah. of them. And the plot is there's a boy who goes to school and the school doesn't have very much money. So his dad redirects some of the school money. And it turns out his dad gets put in prison for embellishment. So they need to raise some money for the school and that will get his dad out of prison.
0: Okay. That's how that works, is it? You just...
1: (laughs) So they go on a school trip to the US Mint, where all the coins are made, and they decide if they make a defective coin, they can auction it for more money.
0: Right. Right.
1: So, there's a coin that's got a fish on it and they're like, oh, we'll give the fish an extra fin. And then we've got this rare minted coin where the fish is dodgy. Okay. And they make all these coins and partway through the film, they find out that it it wasn't his dad who's the headmaster. (laughs) It was the deputy head who's done this plot and set the dad up. Right? So, you, you I've watched enough films to know, oh, it's going to come good in the end. He's going to go to prison. The dad's <laughs> going to become free. And what they do in the end is they just give all the money to the deputy head and just go, oh, can you just sort the school out, please? It never resolves the fact that his dad's in prison.
0: Oh, I hate Netflix.
1: The bad guy gets all the money. <laughs> okay. And at the end, at the end, they're just like, oh, well, this is sad. How did we get in this position? I think that. That's, that's the plot of yeah. the film. Yeah,
0: yeah. Speaking of people becoming a bit more self-aware, maybe.
1: <laughs> so, like, we, we have a bit of a guilty pleasure where we'll watch anything on Netflix. Like, yeah, we, we watched a film recently, Pacifier. Not wow. Pacifier. Samaritan with uh, Sylvester Stallone. Brilliant. <laughs> like, it was so bad. It was great. Yeah. but it's this, Sometimes
0: it's good that they're so just awful films.
1: Yeah, like this. It was just... Teenage angst. Oh yeah, because the whole time as well, they're setting up the prom.
0: Oh right, okay.
1: And then they might not get to go to the prom because the police are chasing them. It's
0: gotcha, gotcha. Well, before we decided that we were going to do some James Bond reviews, we picked like a selection of um, things. We put it on our Patreon of like, what would you, what do you think we should watch? And one of them was the National Treasure series that's on Netflix. (laughs) So Luke came round. And it was like right, we're going to watch National Treasure. Like I sort of vaguely remember the film because it's got Nicolas Cage. Yeah, you know, quality seal of approval there. Of you know, I'm sure he went to Rada and you know, and uh, so like right, okay, I think I sort of know what to expect. Started it up, and oh dear, it's all 18 year olds who are like you say a 34, and it's just it was awful. Like I think we got 3 episodes in and that was it. Like I I said I I can't watch this anymore. Like it's just all teenage angst. That's Netflix. Yeah. That's all they do. It's yeah. just it's teen drama but aimed at adults. Like yeah. It's it's weird. Like I don't know who's saying yes to all this sort of stuff. But like
1: the 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 premise of some of the films, like the little blurbs where it's like, oh, Alice has moved to the big city, yeah. and and her she's moved into a flat, but I don't know. There's like an Asian guy next door. Will they ever learn to get along? And at the end, they're obviously gonna be in love.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. It's like how simple can we make this plot? But, but you
1: know. I I went when I went to the cinema this week. I went and watched The Whale, the one that Brendan Fraser is meant to win the Oscar for. Where all oh, right, the big okay. Fat, yeah. and it it is the best film that i've seen in some time it's so different to anything i've ever yeah. seen it, it's more like a stage play because it's only got like four people in it yeah 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 but well, I, I loved it
0: because he's started to sort of make a bit of a comeback now isn't he sort of mm. and he seems like such a nice bloke like yeah. it's well, he, i don't really know that like, much about him but he
1: was just thrown on the muck heap i think he was making one of the mummy films and broke his back.
2: Yeah, I remember something that, about his back.
1: He had to, like, turn work down. And then he was, like, outcast because he'd been outing people for sexual harassment. And I think he's oh, done, right, okay. like, everything right. Yeah, yeah. Because of how Hollywood is, he was just cast out.
0: It's mad. Well, like, we we were talking on the podcast about the Alec Baldwin. Yes. Rust, yeah. Like, Rust is coming out, isn't it? Like, that film's just going to be shown. And it's sort of yeah, you know, it's if it was anybody else, would it still come out? And I mean, I get that a lot of people have worked on that sort of thing, but it's like, well, you wouldn't show Top of the Pops with Jimmy Savile, even though a lot of people worked on it, would you? Like, I don't know, you know, I know it's a very different situation to somebody, you know, but you know, it's horses for courses, isn't it? You know, it's yeah, it's uh, I'm sure, I'm sure the family of the. <laughs> the woman that he shot are going to be really <laughs> yeah. pleased to see that film aren't they? You know, yeah. you've got to sort of
1: But then, wasn't he on the phone when they did, like, the gun training? Like, I, I read isn't the charge something like unintentional manslaughter? Yeah. So it's just through, like, negligence it's all
0: that somehow becomes a little bit worse, that, doesn't it? So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, well, you weren't even listening when we were saying how to be safe. So, it's, yeah. you know, Hmm. Well, on the subject of uh, you know, slaughtering people and things like that, I want to get into one of your interests. Okay. Which is not slaughtering people. Maybe oh,
1: I <laughs> Wonder where we're going with this. <laughs>
0: That's all in the past. We won't talk about that. Ah, w C C Y Warhammer. Yes. Right. Now, I imagine it is probably described as an action uh what what's call <laughs> it called? Role... Tabletop
1: battle simulator.
0: That's the one. That's the <laughs> word I was looking for. Thank you for that. Can you yeah. explain to me and those of us who are not uh familiar with the uh, franchise or as familiar, where did this enter your life? Why did this enter your life? How has it taken over your life? How much have you spent? It's
2: <laughs> Right,
1: well, <laughs> How much have I spent? Let's not go there. (laughs) So, a long time ago, so two of my closest friends. Buckle in, everyone. We've we've always said there's two types of kids. Right. There's Warhammer kids and there's wrestling kids. Right. Okay. So my two closest friends were Warhammer kids. And growing up, I was a wrestling kid. I used to love watching wrestling. Okay. But then, when the Lord of the Rings films came out, there was a Lord of the Rings version of Warhammer. Okay. And and it became our annual tradition that we would sky the day off work, get on the tra- uh, off school, sorry, get on the train, go watch Lord of the Rings, make a big day of it. It was like our special thing. Right. So we started playing the Lord of the Rings one, and then as people moved away, it kind of fell off. And then. I, along with David, we would, we have like a small circle of friends where we'd play board games and things and as part of my school, uh, Games Workshop, the company that owns Warhammer, sent us a big box of stuff and were like, why don't you start a Warhammer club? And I kept all that for myself (laughs) (laughs) and and set up like i I did all the painting and the modeling and i I found like i quite like this like you know it's quite good for relaxation and every year they send me a big box and i'm like oh cheers the club will really appreciate this take it straight home brilliant um but in lockdown my department at work we almost did a bit like secret santa Right. and we would just anom- anonymously just send each other stuff on the post and one guy bought me some Warhammer um, so I was like "Oh, I'll put that together and I'll have a little play and immediately I was like, I'm hooked I love this right. and then it turned out some of my closest friends had had similar experiences and before we knew it everybody was just sat painting Warhammer and obsessed kind of <laughs> um, so we now use it as a bit of an excuse to hang out so once a month we'll all get together and play but it's more just like it's just a reason for us to come together yeah um but yeah yeah and uh, because we've all got decent jobs we like want for nothing yeah. so for, for example today I bought two laser lines so okay. we can see if snipers can see certain targets. Okay. Yeah. That, that's the level I'm playing at. Um, Brilliant. So, yeah, like I say, we use it as a, a reason to hang out, but it's also like the main topic of our conversation. It, it's weirdly yeah. become like the zeitgeist of my friendship circle. If something's posted online, immediately it's in the WhatsApp group yeah. and stuff. Except my, my brother plays with us, but he absolutely hates it. He doesn't enjoy himself. Right. It was a bit. It was a bit of FOMO at first, because he was like, "Oh, are you guys doing anything this weekend?" And we'd be like, "Oh yeah, we're all getting together to hang out." But so he started playing through that.
0: Right. Okay. Um,
1: but yeah, it, like weirdly, the playing is the bit I enjoy least.
0: So, like, um, what does that involve? Because uh, I know that Luke, Luke, and my other half. They were they joined like an online D and D group, right? Like just after COVID. COVID is like my reference of time now. That's yeah. where there's there's post COVID and pre COVID. It's sort of like the Bible. That's what I like. Yeah. You know, I use Jesus's birth as <laughs> it's um yeah. And they they really enjoyed it at first, and they I sort of I started to understand like what they were doing. So there's like one person sort of tells the story and then everybody reacts. But then when it gets down to like the rules of like, can you roll this number and that means something, I've gone. Like I have no right. idea how that it just seems like they're making so, it up. So but, the
1: main the main difference is in Dungeons and Dragons you play as one character. Right. In Warhammer you like command an army. Okay. So you have like your general, you have tanks, you have troops and stuff. Yeah yeah so we we don't really have a story, but then... Because, like, so, for example, last time I played my brother, he beat me last time. So when we played following that, it was like, oh, this is a bit of a grudge match. And right, okay. So we have, like, a natural narrative around it. Yeah, yeah. So how, so does,
0: it, how does it work in that sort of a sense? I'm, I'm guessing there's certain rules of, like, this set of characters like sort of this rank can do this to that. Yeah. And
1: so like, for example, if you have this leader, it might make your troops a bit better at shooting or you can re roll certain dice and stuff. Right, okay. <coughs> so yeah, we we don't play it on like a really narrative level where all our characters have got names and stuff. Yeah. But um yeah, like it it is good fun. But as soon as it finishes, I'm so glad it's over because you've just yeah. been doing maths all day. <laughs> yes.
0: So how long is an average match?
1: An hour, two hours. All right, okay. So we we play because there's six of us. We play it so everyone plays twice in a day. All right, okay. So yeah, a couple of hours. That's not too bad.
0: That's not too bad. Yeah. Okay. What would be your... So we'll invite the listener here to sort of make up their mind. What would be your advice for somebody that wants to get into Warhammer?
1: Damn, it costs so much money.
0: See, that's <laughs> the problem with hobbies, isn't it? Like, yeah. Especially things like that. I used to be massively into model railways. How sa- they've uh, As if people didn't think I was sad enough already, they just sort of put me into the sort of anorak-wearing box... Of things like that, but yeah, model railways. I just think it's incredible. Like I used to have a setup in the attic, like all that sort of shit. Double O gauge. That was my, you know, and I just loved it. Like making the little buildings and doing the scenery and things like that. But it's horrendously expensive. Like
1: yeah. So for for example, last month Warhammer released like a new big box and it was like a totally new different way to play the game right so me and all my friends we decided oh it's 20 pounds each we'll split it six ways but then oh. they brought out a specific box for the army that i play as so i just chucked 120 quid in as well <laughs> like, so over i mean this is probably since christmas alone bearing in mind we're in february i reckon i've already spent 300 quid this year on it.
0: It's, it soon adds up though, doesn't it? That's you know, it's like with music equipment. Like I forget how expensive it is. Like I buy a lot of my stuff from Gear for Music, which are up your way. They are yes, offices, yeah. You know. yeah. And uh, I didn't realize like how much money I spent with them until they sent me an email to say that you're a platinum member. And I was like, right. oh, what what does that mean? And it's like if you spent more than two grand within a sort of six month period. <laughs> like, <gasps> <Yeah. laughs>
1: Like where on earth has this all come from? Well, I, I I went to Games Workshop the other day and I was like, I don't need any models. So it, within the hobby, it's called your pile of shame, which is all the models you've bought <laughs> but haven't yet painted. And um, mine's not huge, but I have got one. So I was like, right, I just I just need a couple of paint and this specific paint and yeah, this that uh, forty quid, yeah, just on nothing really
0: no when you do your model painting mm-hmm. are you brush are you air are you I, mix? i'm brush okay
1: so i i don't know exactly what it is but okay i think it might be like low blood sugar but occasionally i get like shakes in my fingers oh yeah so like I, i'm brush because if i've spent a lot of money on like an expensive airbrush like, my walls would have streaks of oh, paint yeah, across yeah. them and stuff. So, no.
0: Mm. All right, then. Well, let's let's do another walk of shame, then. Most expensive things you've bought. Most expensive things that you've bought that you haven't regretted.
1: For, for the hobby or just uh, in for life?
0: In life. Let's go life. Or you can do the most expensive things that you've bought that you haven't regretted or have regretted.
1: If we're, if we're talking about things I've paid for that I regret, probably my wedding. I was going to say subsequent I, divorce. I could think of a big one. though <laughs> things I haven't regretted. I mean, I, I spent. No, I was going to say like holidays and time away. Yeah. But in terms of material possession, I don't know. Like I don't really have a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah, that's... Uh, I mean, I'm sat in a room full of music things that it would mm. appear that I don't have a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But other than this stuff, I don't really have that much... I own a lot of sort of crap. Like, yeah. just little things like that don't do anything. But, yeah, but it's...
1: Yeah. My, my, my New Year's resolution was that I wanted to read more. So yeah. I was like i'm gonna go out i'm gonna buy books and if i have a big pile of books that's gonna like incentivize it if i see that every day yeah just just got a big pile of books in the corner of my living room now
0: see reading is always something that i wish i really really wish that i could get into and it's one of the reasons why we started doing our patreon series reading club because i thought maybe it will sort of because it forces us to do it every week because people are paying I thought maybe the act of being forced into reading will just sort of make it click and then, oh, right, okay, I'm just reading, you know, it's fine. But I just really struggle with it. Like, I I think I'm okay with a certain sort of thing. Like, if it's, um, like, an autobiography of somebody who I'm really interested in, I find it a lot easier, easier going. Like, Phil Collins' autobiography was great, I read
1: Wait, um do you, do you like Phil Collins
0: I mean I'm okay with Phil Collins you know I can take him or leave him really and then I read uh Trevor horn's autobiography and I- I'm all right with that sort of thing but then some books I just sort of think I should be into this but I just can't I don't know why I'm not into it and then I can let the cat out of the bag really I'm I've been asked to go on Ian's podcast. Ian's got another podcast where all stories in the end where he does... He goes through um, the BBC sort of Wilderness Years books and the Virgin New Adventure Years books. So he sent me a book to read. And, like, it's got my name written all over it. But I just don't know how I'll get on with it, if you know what I mean. Like, uh, obviously, I'll do it. I'll read it. You know, I've, I've got to read it now. But, like... I just think, God, it must be so much easier. Like you see people, and they'll just demolish a book, like.
1: Yeah. See, to, to try and get back into reading, I bought the novelizations of computer games I've played. Oh right, okay. And, and I was like, that—that'll be really easy because I—I can picture all the characters. I know the story. Yeah. I got about halfway through, put it down. Never gone back to
2: it.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's one of the things that I enjoy. About some of the autobiographies that I've had, is that because I sort of I already know most of the things that they're going to be talking about. I just sort of like hearing it from their perspective. Yeah. Like I like like I've got a few autobiographies that are on audiobook, and even though, like I say with the books, I know what they're going to say. It's just nice to hear them say it themselves. It's
2: yeah.
1: It's like we. The, well it'll be out tomorrow when we're recording this on our like i've been a bit sly on our new podcast like segments so i've started one called that's b-sides the point so instead of meal of the week where i asked david what have you eaten i just went what what music are you listening to because i listen to radio two I'm 37 years old. I don't watch MTV or anything anymore. Yeah. I was like, I just don't discover new music anymore. Like, if I sit in my office at work, I probably listen to the same four Cure songs over and over. Yeah. So I was just like, right, what are you listening to? I'm gonna go away and listen to it. Mm.
0: Now, now with David, like, yeah. I, I'm a member of I'm a member of the pop, the prog rock fraternity. Mm. I'm familiar with that genre, you know. It's a genre that I play a lot. Uh, I'm assuming that is suggested to you a lot via David.
1: Yeah, but, like, I have quite a good filter now with David because I'll be like, oh, what are you listening to? And he'll be like, oh, I've got this concept album about, like... (laughs) By Camel. Yeah, when you (laughs) go to the baker's and there's not the particular cake you want and it's four hours long, it's instrumental...
2: Yeah. And I'll be like,
1: right, no, no, no. <laughs> but at the same time, I think he's getting better at like just not recommending any old shite and thinking yeah, I'll I be th- like yeah. in love with it. Yeah.
0: I think you get to the point, don't you, where you sort of realise I can't use that with this person that's Yeah. You know. Well okay. well I'm looking forward to that tomorrow. Mm. That's that's my Saturday comeback. Are you familiar? Going back to the uh, subject of uh, series that aren't very good but still are quite watchable, or maybe. Are you familiar with Sister Wives?
1: Is it exactly what it sounds like?
0: <laughs> go on, guess.
1: <laughs> I mean, is it, is it where your family tree's got a few loops in it?
0: <laughs> it's a yeah, yeah, loop background again. So it's a family. Uh I'm not sure what how's the best way to I'm going to butcher the way of explaining this. So it's it's like a a polygamous family. Is that the right term? So Where multiple it's,
2: partners. Yeah,
0: it's a bloke that's married to a load of women. Right. And he is like an unbearable. <laughs> like he's right. just So it's
1: it's not incest.
0: No, it's I don't think it's incest. I mean, I can I can double check that for you. <laughs> right. I can get back to you with those details. Anybody's interested, it's mail at wccy.co.uk. I'll find out and I'll let you know. So it's it's this bloke who's married to maybe six other women. And it's a series, I think it's on Amazon. Now, my other half is obsessed with Sister Wives. Obsessed. <coughs> and it's just, it's awful. But it's brilliant. Like I can't,
1: Like, again, this is... I don't know how to phrase this without it sounding awful. Does each of the wives fulfil a specific purpose? Like, is one the cook, one the cleaner?
0: Right, well, I think they all...
1: Is there a rotor?
0: Uh, <laughs> see, the, I remember early on in the first couple of series, it's been running for like ten years, this thing, there must be hundreds of episodes of it, they didn't live together. They all lived in like a cul-de-sac and they all like had a different house. Wow. So he'd go to a different house every day. Wow. He's just basically having an affair like every day. <laughs> and, uh, and then they all moved in. And then I think when COVID hit, they all moved out. Like it's all been, it's all a bit weird like that. But I think, I don't think they sort of all Have a certain role, whether they did when they lived together, I don't know. But there's, I'm sure that he's got like sort of thirty kids, like between all of these, all of these wives. But it's just, it's it's awful because he treats them all like dirt. There was an episode the other day. It was like right, let's just put this on to like fall asleep to, and then you know sort of switch it off. And it was one of his wives, the daughter, well his daughter has like a a spinal problem where she's got like a curvature of the spine but over time it sort of got worse and worse like a question mark, like really bad and because it's sort of filmed during Covid, she needs to go and have this operation because she's just in agony constantly but he's like well no you're not having it yet because I want to go and I'm not travelling because Covid and it it's it's like well fuck me, like your daughter's in agony, like but you won't go. Yeah. It is it is like a cult. Like it's brilliant. But it's awful.
1: See, when when you said sister wives, like I've become a little bit obsessed with this. There's you know when you scroll through Facebook and you get like a thirty second video? Yeah. I, I keep getting one and I don't know what the algorithm says about me, but it keeps coming up. Where it's America's Most Inbred Family
0: oh yes are they all and, on the porch yeah and yeah like, see I've got that it, as well
1: <laughs> it sounds horrible but like some of the men are like dogs they are like bark and yeah stuff. yeah and I cannot find the full documentary <laughs> like I'm obsessed that I want to watch this yeah it's about how like the whole town's really protective of them yeah and like they don't let people come into film um well, I, I'm obsessed. I I love left of center documentaries and yeah. things like
0: that. So I I always remember there was one that used to come up as like a suggested documentary ages ago, about this bloke that lived in the desert or like you know in like Arizona probably It wasn't the desert but you know there's just a lot of sand, and he was um he was like he used to experiment with like hallucinogenics and like crystal meth. And he said that he could see angels and all sorts of stuff like this. And I just cannot find it anywhere. Mm. Like, I can't even find the original video. It's not that old, I don't think. If it's if it's 10-year-old, it's a miracle. But it was just, I love stuff like that. I really, yeah. like, I'm just obsessed with, like, weird documentaries and things like that. And on the subject of weird documentaries, I don't know whether you're familiar with this, but, uh, like, Luke introduced me to this actually. There's a YouTube channel called The Behavior Panel.
2: Right, okay.
0: Where they find videos of people being interviewed or just just things like that or like celebrities saying things and they're four behavior experts, like body language experts, and they watch the videos and they critique. And they don't say they don't say they're wrong or they're right or they're lying or whatever it is. They just say this behavior suggests that that might not be truthful or they might be hiding something. But they never sort of say, he killed her, he should be in prison, and he's not. They don't sort of do that sort of thing. And one of the – I even took the course. I took the behavior body reading course, oh, wow. and it's great. Like, it was brilliant. Like I felt like, felt like I had this sort of superpower, like just see through walls. And then since then, I've just sort of forgotten everything and I couldn't remember what any of the techniques are called. But I always remember there was, they always, occasionally, they do an episode on something sort of a bit obscure. Like, mostly it's people who have been sent down for murder and uh, the lady who did the, uh, is it the Tharanos, where they said they could test your blood with, like, a pinprick
2: Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and everybody was like, no, that doesn't tend to That's work. Not how uh, it works. No. And so they did like an episode on her and like what, what everything she said and everything like that. But occasionally they'll do an episode on sort of more like cultural stuff. So they did Bigfoot not so long ago, <laughs> where it was a bloke who said that he'd seen Bigfoot. And they sort of deduced that he was he saw something but he didn't see bigfoot like he was just he was lying and the more times he repeated the story apparently in the bigfoot community this bloke is like quite well known like he was one of the first people to sort of come out in like the 80s on tv and say Oh, i've seen bigfoot and he was here and he did this and blah blah blah, blah, blah. and the more times he tells the story the more it changes right. like so it started off he saw loads of then it was a few. Then it was one massive Bigfoot, and he heard another and things like that. But there was one that they did probably when they first started doing these videos, not so, not long after, where it was an old lady that said she saw a UFO in the seventies, I want to say, and it was her and her friend that were driving down the road, and there was a UFO in the like above them on the road and then it just flew off disappeared like faster than anything they've ever seen and all the behaviour panel experts were like she isn't lying oh,
2: Wow!
0: Like they, and they said this is the most truthful story probably that we've ever done on the panel and they still say like it's when they find something truthful they always say well it's not maybe it's nearly as truthful as the UFO lady but that was the one thing I know we've spoken about UFOs and things like that, but I I couldn't believe that they were like, she isn't lying. We're not saying she saw a UFO. She, she believes. believes. Yeah, yeah, she genuinely believes, and everything adds up. Like, her story's perfect. She hits all of the right points. at the. She's not stressed telling it, and you can see where she does get stressed, and it's at the right points of, like, where you'd expect it to be. And... Like that's I want to find that documentary as well. I'll have to go and find out where where it is from. But I just find it so bizarre that you just assume everything whenever you see anything like that. Like you watch Ancient Aliens or something like that, and you just assume it's all rubbish. Like yeah, you know it's just not. Th- but they were so completely convinced that she's just completely telling the truth. Like she's a hundred percent truthful. I just,
1: I, I, I can't remember. It was called something like "How crazy are you?" or "How crazy am I?" on Channel Four, where they got ten people, and I think four of them had like profound neurological disorders. Yeah. And they were given tasks to do, and they were overseen by these psychologists who had to say, "That's the one that's I don't know got OCD." Yeah. And they they got all that wrong. I remember there was a bit where they had to clean out a cow shed. Yeah. And obviously, one guy was freaking out, but it turned out that his everyday job was he was like a fashion retailer and he didn't want to get his shoes dirty. And they totally misread that and gone, he's got OCD. It's
0: weird, isn't it? Like,
1: Mm. yeah. But, like, in one of my lessons this week, we were learning about autism. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I can do a real simple test. This is what, you know, doctors do with children and like one girl in my class failed it and she was like does that mean i've got autism i was like N- no you probably just misunderstood what we were doing
2: yeah. yeah
0: that's the thing there's so many sort of explanations for things like mm. but i like it when i like it when there's you can't quite explain what has happened or like mm. you can't really there's got to be an explanation for something i think the last when we spoke about ufo's I probably brought up my my number one UFO story of not far from here, there's like a sort of mountain range that's called the Bedouin Mountains. And I think in the late 80s, maybe early 90s, this massive flash in the sky happened and then there was a huge bang. Next thing, the army were on the mountain and everybody in the village saw this light in the sky. And everybody in the village was convinced that it was a UFO. Farmers were said that things came down into the field. Like some of the farmers said that they saw them taking things away on lorries and they're all just convinced it's UFOs. I find it so I find it mad that the whole village is just convinced of this one thing. But there's gotta be an explanation for it. Like it probably isn't a UFO, but it it could be. I love that. Like that sort of you'll never find out what
1: That's it where I live. There's an RAF base quite close, and an army base. So every so often, there'll be, you know, like a loud bang and lights in the sky and stuff. And of course, they just go, oh, don't worry about it. It's fine. (laughs) Just ignore it. (laughs) But they they obviously can't say anything more. Yeah. So people are like, oh, I wonder wonder what's going on over there. And it's obviously they're just doing some routine manoeuvres. Yeah, yeah. But people... Yeah, are obsessed with that.
0: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, and people love gossip. Like I love gossip. Yeah. Like it's just it's just great. What well, all right? What, what's the best bit of sort of local gossip you've had recently? Um, uh,
1: it'll come to me. Well, so well, at, tr- the, at the moment, this isn't the school I work at. By the way, but <laughs> it's it's on the local Wink. Facebook yeah. group where I live. So it's like for a, it's basically for the rival school of where I work. Yeah. That their their headmaster. The slapped.
0: rival school. Aren't you all working towards one common goal? <laughs> no, we <no>, We <we're
1: laughs> <haying. We're laughs> But the headmaster's been locking the toilets because there's been vandalism. Oh. So then, like the good kids are like, oh, well, well, I need the toilet. Can't I go? And then people are putting like pictures of like horrible toilets what? where people pissed all over the floor <laughs> on Facebook and oh it's been kicking off Oh, and in fact it it, it was even in the local paper that uh, an old lady from near where I live has become distressed because in the middle of the night someone just went and cut her hedge for her because it was wow. growing out over the path and it turned out it was her pride and joy hedge and someone's just cut it all the way back in the middle of the night brilliant
2: brilliant
0: yeah trying to think there's i know there was one that just down the road from me there's sort of like a a big lake thing it's like a sort of naturey walk and um somebody was walking their dog and they found i think it was 40 amazon parcels that had been like that all had like liverpool addresses so you're talking a good you know it's not close so somebody working for amazon has come and dumped all of these parcels By this pool, said they've been delivered, but all of the parcels all that had that little electrical battery sort of sticker that Amazon put on when it's like an iPad or something like that. So it's all really expensive, like iPads and all sorts of stuff like that. It's brilliant. It's on the front page of the paper, like mystery who's who's been stashing all of these to come and pick them up.
1: See, there you go. There's a quote from my local Facebook group. There was a large group of young people. In the local restaurant tonight, celebrating a birthday, they were all a credit to their parents, and it was a pleasure seeing them. And the first comment just goes, "Where were their parents? It's late. <laughs> Bloody kids running around this town.
0: Just kids, just moaning about kids.
1: Yeah, why aren't they going to the club? That's another. That's another phrase.
0: Oh, okay, you did you did one about a minute ago.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can't do anything nice around here. Right. It, it's gone. mainly it's mainly complaints about dog shit on the path. That's all it is in my local Facebook group.
0: That's a, it's a, it's a growing pandemic. <laughs> let's say yeah. it's a growing pandemic. T C Y. It's Right, I'm gonna steal I'm gonna steal a segment from another podcast. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna steal this from the Strangers in Space podcast. Okay. So they do a segment called Desert Planet Picks where now I know this might be tricky to comprehend, but bear with me, and I'll try and explain the format to you. So rather than it all being music, it's going to be choices of different, you know, topics of things that you can take with it, with you to your fictional okay. yeah, desert yeah. planet. Okay. So let's let's start with so we'll do TV, film, food, music. How many is it? Is it six discs on Desert Island Discs normally?
1: I think so.
0: So, TV, film, food, music, book, uh, and a luxury item. Right. Now, I'll write that down because I've already (laughs) forgotten it. So, here we go. Press that. Do that. So, we'll go TV, film, music, food, book... Luxury. Is that right? One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: So Matthew from Neither the Time nor the Space podcast, I have marooned you. You have been marooned on a fictional desert planet, the the likes of which you you've never seen, and your family you'll never see them again. You're lost forever. Okay. Just to just to start it off on a cheery note. So, but because because I'm kind like this and you've been banished to this planet, or you found yourself on this planet, I can send a relief ship that's got some bits and pieces on there to keep you, keep you warm, keep you company, sort it all out for you. So we're going to assume that you've got a television and means to do things, so food, you've got means to cook it, electricity, internet, you know, all that good stuff. We're going to go through the topics and make you pick Pick your choices. And apologies to JR for just completely stealing your format. Yeah, I hope you don't mind. Uh, So there we go. So let's start off with your TV choice. I should have let you prepare this, but I think it's more genuine. If it's sort of like, I'm stuck here, and I phone you and say, well, what do you need? Yeah, It's a bit more genuine.
1: I don't know. Part of me thinks I'd, I'd go for, like, a long series. Yeah. Like, so, I don't know. Every episode of Coronation
0: Street. Yeah. Um, don't choose Lost. It just yeah. might be a bit of a downer. Um,
1: I don't know. I might. Like, uh. the, the problem is, like, part of me wants to say something like Game of Thrones, but once you've watched it, there's no excitement in watching it again. i, I never. Yeah. Like, when that was coming out week by week, that was always, like, a bit of a highlight of the week for me. A bit yeah. like The Last of Us now. But I never go back and watch something. Maybe maybe the first of nine or ten series of The Simpsons. When The Simpsons was good. Yeah. Like Is that
0: is that, is that gonna be your choice, yeah, Simpsons?
1: Yeah, I think so. Like I, I again I don't really I don't watch any of the new ones, but the when it was no. good, again yeah. it was unbeatable.
0: Oh th- yeah. I I agree, and like you like you say about Game of Thrones, I I've always struggled with Game of Thrones. I've I've watched quite a bit of it whenever it's sort of been on, but I think it's one of those things you've got to be invested, don't you, from day one. Like you've got to go with it, and I just I haven't got the time for that. <laughs>
1: it's, like, it's like I can't remember. There was something I'd seen an advert on TV, and it was like, oh, series two of whatever coming out yeah and I'll tell you exactly what it is it was Clarkson's Farm which oh, is brilliant. the series 2's out today yes um, and I was like right I've got to watch series 1 again and I just didn't like yeah. I, I, I rarely go back and watch
2: stuff
0: yeah it's uh yeah I can't wait for season 2 I know Jeremy Clarkson is now a controversial well now now as, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's controversial now he was always alright before but uh yeah I can't wait I love Clarkson's Farm
1: I, I having grown up around farms and things i just yeah. thought there's never been that accurate portrayal no yeah like if you watch country file it's like oh here's oh. here's john's someone from cornwall on his yeah. eight million pound you know
0: yeah no because well, there's there's always that bloke isn't there on uh country file um and they go to his farm don't they he's one of the presenters yeah, I can't think what his name is, and it, it, like he's got this multi-million-pound estate that he employs loads of people to work on, and they never <laughs> yeah. see him. Like it's like that's not your fam, that's just something you own. But you know, yeah. you don't work there. But yeah, I I I think The Simpsons is a great choice. I think yeah. it'll keep your spirits up, and there's enough substance there. You can still have your sort of Christmas and your Halloween, and you know you like.
1: My- Since it's come on Disney Plus a couple of times, like I'll be like, oh, I've got to watch this one episode. Yeah, I'll watch it, and then of course it just bleeds into the next one, and before I know it, I've watched a few. Yeah, Yeah. like there's one or two that I always think, oh, they stand out as like the pinnacle, but then everything around it's still great.
0: What's your pinnacle episodes then? If you had to pick up, pick your Simpsons top.
1: I love the one where Homer works for Hank Scorpio, the Bond villain. (laughs) Right. <laughs> I like the one where there's Homer's arch enemy, Frank Grimes. Right. And I, although it's not a British thing at all, I really like the baseball one where they get the softball team for the power Yes. Plan. That's like a, a really good one, even though I don't know who any of the players are.
2: or uh,
0: Yeah, whenever there's any sort of references like that in American TV, it's uh, like, we've got no chance over here. Like, that just doesn't exist. Like. <laughs> I wouldn't even know how to watch baseball over here, like, other than yeah. YouTube highlights. Like, it just doesn't... It doesn't yeah. exist. It doesn't exist. It's just rangers, isn't it? Just... <laughs> just... All right, then, so you've got your Simpsons full box set, upscaled, I reckon, to 4K. You know, yeah. I'll send you that one. I'll send you the good one. Uh, let's move to a film, so you can take one film with you.
1: So, I... My... I say this all the time to my brothers. I have a bit of a hall of fame for films. Okay, and it's got and it's got three films in it. It's got Disney's Robin Hood. Wow. Jurassic Park. Okay. And Wallace and Gromit: The Wrong Trousers. Oh, I I legitimately think they I could watch them all day every day.
0: Top three films of ev- all time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> like and. I, I I was watching a thing the other day and it was Quentin Tarantino talking about the perfect film. And he said that, like, Back to the Future is a perfect film, okay. Jaws is a perfect film. And I, they're films I really like. Yeah. But I think it would be Jurassic Park. No. I, I still get, like, I know there's like five other films for yeah, Jurassic yeah. Park, but I vividly remember being so excited. I didn't get just, to see it in the cinema, but renting it for my birthday and just yeah. being like, Oh my God like, it's and it every a, time I watch it, I get the same feeling.
0: It's a popular choice with a lot of people it's popular, big big choice everybody everybody likes Jurassic Park, I think yeah. i mean i ca i i mean other than me but I'm pretty <laughs> sure everybody else likes Jurassic Park. that's what I tend to go with if something's popular, I probably don't like it. So I can guarantee that's a good thing to, that's a safe bet. You know, yeah. you're all right with that. I'm gonna write, gonna write all these down because I'll, I'll make you a little, uh, a little thumbnail picture of <laughs> Matt's favourites. Wow. You can put it on Twitter. Uh, Jurassic Park, or well, I've put Jurassic Mark. So uh, I might have to use Mark Ockram's face on a T Rex or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Um, all right then, uh, what? Uh, what are some films that you really dislike, then? Or just don't enjoy? Maybe that other people do enjoy?
1: Harry Potter and Twilight.
0: Oh. Uh, see, Twilight was one of the choices that we were going to do for Reading Club, because we thought it's going to be awful. Yeah. But I saw one of the books on the shelf, and they're like the Yellow Pages. Like, yeah. That's going to be two years' worth of work. That's... I'm not that committed. You you can send all the money you like. You know, uh, I don't think that's a...
1: So, again, this is going back a few years, but me and a couple of my friends would go to the cinema once a week. We would just watch whatever is on. It would just be our night out. We went and watched. It wasn't the first one. It was one of the middle Twilight films. And I was just like, I don't... I couldn't even understand what was going on. Yeah. And it almost had, like, its own language. That
0: it's... Uh, it I think was... people... It, it, Twilight is a weird one. Although, when... When... Bleh, bleh, moving forward a little bit, when my tinnitus started to get really bad, we decided that we would use the Alexa to sort of fall asleep. You know, put... You know, storm sounds or whatever it was. Something just to sort of dull, dull the room noise. And one of the things that we found to listen to was a Twilight podcast. Oh, wow. Right? Where these two these two ladies talk you through a Twilight book, chapter by chapter, and it's got its own theme tune where it explains what they do in the podcast, right? <laughs> it's called Remember Twilight. And they've done like Remember Harry Potter, I think, or Remember Something Else, where they just they go through the franchise chapter by chapter and talk about it. And honestly, this is going to sound like I'm sort of making fun of it. It sends you to sleep like that like oh, really? it's just great they're just, they're so calm the way they talk about it and they're so into it. I love when people are genuinely so invested in something that they just love it and they don't mind they don't mind taking the Mickey out of it a little bit because they love it like I love that
1: but it, it comes back to. Like when we were talking about hobbies, one of my friends is a is pretty well reputed ornithologist, like studying birds. Yeah. And he did a podcast a, about that uh, with some of his friends, and I was like, oh, I'll listen to that. You know, it's important to support him. And within minutes, I was like, I wonder what birds are in my garden, and yeah. just really got like as long as someone's like speaking passionately i'll listen to anyone talk about anything
0: i remember i remember years ago i must have been about sort of eight and my mum's garden she's got like it's it's quite a big garden like you know it's you know and at the bottom of the garden there was this bird and none of us had ever seen this bird before we couldn't work out quite what it was and we were like that was weird like i wonder what that was and the next day it came back and then we were like oh there it is again and it kept coming back, so my mum went to the garden centre and bought the the British Book of Birds because it was like, right, we're gonna find out what this is. And then that was it. Then my mum was just obsessed. Like she found out it was a jay, which I've never seen a jay other than in the backyard. I've never seen one anywhere yeah. other than there. And like she's just obsessed now of like, oh look at that sort of rare, weird breed of seagull that you only see in March. Or like you know, it's just. But I love it when people get into stuff like that. I I just think it's great.
1: That's it because again, my friend. I think, like I say, he focuses on ornithology, but because he's like a animal welfare conservationist, yeah, he was on the scene when that walrus appeared in Scarborough. Oh yeah, he was like person on the ground. Oh, that's great. BBC like asked if they could interview him, but he 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 chose not to, but he gave a statement.
0: yeah i see it's great that like i'd i'd love to do a podcast about something i'm really passionate about but like you were saying <laughs> like, like you were saying earlier on about like imposter syndrome like sometimes if i talk about music or something that i'm interested in i can i in my head there's a little voice that says you're really boring now like stop talking about it nobody cares but i think with any sort of a niche there's always somebody who's really into it, or there's always somebody who likes the fact that you're really mm. into it.
1: But that's that's why I think Doctor Who's safe for a podcast because if I was doing something I genuinely was massively passionate about, yeah, and someone sent a message just going your podcast shit, it would yeah. hurt me. Whereas when somebody's like, oh, you don't know about Doctor Who, I really care. I'm like. It's a man who flies around in a police box. Yeah. You know, let let's put this all into context.
0: Yeah. Let's take a step back for a moment, a reflection, you know. Yeah. Let, yeah. Let's have a mental health day just to yeah. assess what you know, what's let's, going on yeah. here. So you've got Jurassic Park as your film. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to just the audio side of enjoyment and go for an album or a song. I'd go an album, you get a bit more choice then, you know. What are you going to take with you for your CD player? You can have a record player as well if you want to act cool and hip.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I'd probably... The thing is, I, I was going to say the greatest hits of the Cure, but a lot of my favourite Cure songs aren't on that album. Oh, all right, okay. <laughs> like, like, a lot of their best stuff isn't on there.
0: It's. I think that's always a problem, in it? When you're really into a band... It, the hits sort of are fine but it's all the other stuff that you're really into like like I love ABBA I'll hold my hands up and say I think ABBA are just fucking great but I don't care about the hits even though yeah. I think they're great I'm so more into the other stuff and none of that's on ABBA gold Like, yeah. I want to hear if it wasn't for the knights I want to hear something uh, really obscure but... for the
1: first time in 15-20 years I've started burning CDs again for brilliant and just like it it's nice having my phone and having it on shuffle and having a bit of different stuff but i like to have a cd where i know specifically what What's i want next? to listen to is coming yeah
0: right and honestly physical media i know this sounds a bit sort of like oh yeah you know physical media yeah, it should just come back it would be great for everybody but i last week we got asked by shona to go on her podcast on my adventure in space and time and uh we did a missing story like yourselves and like mark did and i was like how am i going to watch this now because the reconstructions are all on the internet and i had this sort of i don't want to watch it on the computer because i don't like watching things on a laptop or i don't i just don't like doing it i want to watch it on the telly like, that's that's just what it is. So, in my head, I hatched a cunning plan. Now, I did a vlog. Anybody that supports us on Patreon will have seen this vlog. I hatched this cunning plan because I was like, this is perfect. Now, people who aren't aware of our pod as much, maybe you're coming to this episode for the first time, I now religiously just watch Doctor Who on video, on my <laughs> on my telly that I went fucking miles to go find and bring back, right? For no apparent reason. So I thought, what? imagine if I could watch this reconstruction on video. How on earth am I going to get this to work? So I hatched a plan. So what I did is I bought a uh, Apple Thunderbolt to HDMI cable and then I got a HDMI to SCART cable and then plugged that into the television and then taped... The reconstruction
1: from your phone,
0: yeah, from oh, well, wow. from yeah, from the laptop onto the thing. But I went one step further. I made a video case for oh, the missing story.
1: Right, that's absolutely beautiful.
0: Look at that, like,
1: look, official, and that it looks as though it would sit in amongst your other videos. Exactly, be so. Plan.
0: Yeah, I've even knocked the little sort of record pin out of the bottom of the video, as is. Oh, so uh, th- that's my plan now going forward for a couple of weeks, is I'm just going to do all the reconstructions, put them all on video, like a sad act. And, well, that, uh, that,
1: that's what we've been talking about all night. That's a little hobby.
0: Yeah, it's great. I was I just kept running back upstairs to check it was still recording and then running back downstairs and then coming back like, oh, <gasps> episode four, it's <laughs> nearly done, it's nearly done. Like what are you doing running up and down the stairs to go and check on a video taping just watch it on the laptop like everybody else is going to do it
1: but that's like i say with me burning cds i've been ripping audio from youtube (laughs) so what i've been doing is putting together like my dream live album it's been like live aid so i'm like (laughs) oh like really loud crowd crowd (laughs) noises and then it's like oh welcome to the stage and Manic Street Preachers and then they do a couple of songs and they leave and someone else comes out it, it's been beautiful
0: you should have recorded yourself like a little compare track yeah. so every, every couple it's just you introducing somebody else that's a good choice so you're going to go with The Best of the Cure or are you going to I...
1: no I'm not No. Um, my all my time favourite album is Bleed American by Jimmy Eat World. Okay. And it was just, I think it came out when I was about 15, and it just soundtracked my life. So, uh, like, I've seen them live countless times. I, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to take that. Okay. And, like, a- ev- every song, like, would elicit a moment or something for me.
0: That's a, then, that's a good think, decision.
1: I think when I did that on my... When me and David did Desert Island Discs and I waxed lyrical about how much this means to me, David just went, right, okay. <laughs> then just the music starts like in the way only he can. He just went, right. Anyway, my next song <laughs> just totally, wonderfully brilliant. shot it down as only he can.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. Right, let's move on to your... your f- third choice fourth choice sorry food what's one meal or food stuff that you'd take with you
1: a big lasagna oh a big home cooked lasagna
0: now i've i struggle with lasagna
1: really
0: i mean I, most people know i'm not the most adventurous eater pasta i'm still not that I don't know what it is about pasta. still don't
2: know if
1: it's going to catch on.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure about it. I don't see it being a thing. I don't see it really being a thing. And spaghetti, I know it's sort of a pasta. Oh, that's probably the wrong thing to say. Like, somebody's punching the screen. Like, it's not a pasta. (laughs) It's a, you know, whatever this other term is for it. But I just don't get it. I just... I don't know. But people, when people like lasagna... They fucking love lasagna.
1: Oh, yeah. But, again, I was watching one of those 30-second YouTube videos, and it was a guy who'd gone to a big cheese restaurant in London, and he had a big slab of some blue cheese served with a chocolate brownie. Wow. I'm quite obsessed with that idea at the minute. I might do that tomorrow.
0: Yeah, that sounds... Yeah. See, I love cheese. I, I, yeah. Like, at Christmas time, we went to my uncle's and they just brought a cheese board out of all these random cheeses that they'd bought from somewhere. And I was like, brilliant. This is what I'm about. I want more yeah. of this. Like, more of this. Some home cured ham that was like in Marmite or whatever the hell, like they oh, cooked it in. Yeah. It was just fucking great. Like, <laughs> I want more of this. Give me more of that. Like, keep the, Like Where's this cheese from? What's this one? And they're like, that's, you know, artichoke and goose snot. Like, brilliant. I'll yeah. have more. You know, that's what I want. So.
1: But, um, I, for, for my food, I was going to say pizza. Like, I, I could eat pizza morning, noon, and night. But I did have it for my tea last night, and I felt hungover all day today. Like, so, I got, it was so salty.
0: Yeah. I so salty you could see into the future, like from yeah. squinting. I know that. I've told this definitely on pod. I I used to love pizza. I thought pizza was great. And then I had a Domino's and I was just violently ill. But it wasn't the pizza. It just sort of happened that those two events created the event horizon that made me just (laughs) explode internally. And ever since then, I just don't, I'm not a massive, like I've got better now. I had a pizza maybe like two weeks ago, but. Only because it was sort of put in front of me. It wasn't a sort of active choice of, like I just can't really go there. I don't know what it is, but I, I pizza's a good choice for everybody. I think everybody sort of likes pizza, don't they? Yeah. I think, I think that's.
1: I, I say it all the time on our pod that um, pizza's a bit like sex. That even <laughs> when it's not that good, it's still pretty great, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
0: you're fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's a good choice. Good choice. Uh all right then uh, your fifth choice or fifth option category is a book now i know we've just spoken about books that we're both not
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> why don't you just pick one of the ones you haven't read yet <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: um i will take from over here the stealers of dreams a Doctor oh, Who novel. would you
0: would you like to give us the blurb so obviously well you're so familiar with it you probably just do it offhand
1: In the far future, the Dr. Rose and Captain Jack find a world in which fiction has been outlawed. A world where it's a crime to tell stories, a crime to lie, a crime to hope, and a crime to dream.
0: And what's that called again, sorry? Uh,
1: The Stealers of Dreams. Now, ironically, the Stealers of Dreams, I'll just hold that up to the camera was stolen from my place of work.
0: Oh, yes, it was.
1: (laughs) I am quite often the first person in on a morning and I'm making a habit of going into the library and taking one Doctor Who book a week.
0: Brilliant. Now, is the Doctor Who section of your library populated, well-stocked?
1: It's weirdly (laughs) over-proportionate. Demographically, I didn't think there'd be that many people wanting to read those novels, but there's bloody hundreds of them weird isn't it so I've started where there's duplicates so if there's two copies I'll take
0: there's only one now yeah (laughs) thinning out the crop there it's all for a good cause now I was saying this I think I listened to the cloister bell last week and towards the end of their episode they went on a bit of a nostalgia fest about sort of memorabilia and things like Mm. that and I thought that was great Like I love that sort of thing because it was one of those where you can tell when somebody's really into it and they sort of forget that they're recording or they forget they sort of just go tunnel vision into sort of talking about random things that really interest them and I was totally in on that conversation and then I was sort of thinking back and I was like Liam mentioned HMV Mm. and I just completely I had this sort of like really vivid like out-of-body experience of remembering when there used to be HMV in town, like there isn't anymore, and uh, I could I can remember exactly where the Doctor Who DVDs lived. Like, yeah. I, I know exactly where they were. They were the second shelf along from by the till on the right-hand side. Like, uh, mm. I, uh, yeah, it's just See, great.
1: I, what I really liked about that on the Cloister Bell is n- Newcastle. HMV that they were talking about yeah. is the one that me and my friends would occasionally make like a pilgrimage to. So I don't really? live in a big city, big town but like Newcastle's maybe an hour on the train. Yeah. So like when they were talking about the Eldon Square HMV, I was like uh, yeah. It's Mecca. Yeah. <laughs> and like We we went not so long ago in fact it was when I went up and met Rob and we walked Tall past... Tall Rob. Uh, yeah, he's Britain's tallest podcaster. Yeah. When we walked past, and Robert stooped down so he could see through the doorway. That's the It was one. just, it was just Funko Pops, and I, oh. a little bit of me is just like, oh. mm. like yeah, like in York, close to where I live, there used to be the HMV, and directly opposite was the Virgin Megastore. Brilliant. And like we used to get the train and just spend a day.
0: In those two shops, it's uh, see. I love that, but there's just there's nowhere anymore. Like
1: no.
0: you can't buy a DVD from around it. Like the close. If I want to buy a DVD, I've literally got to go to Chester. Like I've got to go over the border to a different country. do, like, do you that,
1: have to? Do you have a CEX near where you live? Where DVDs go to die?
0: Actually, yes, we do. I, I'm not entirely sure if it's still there. Using my method of time passing, post uh, pre COVID, it was there. Post COVID, I'm not so sure. It might have gone under. Right.
1: Uh, it, it always makes me really sad if I go into CEX. Like, I saw it. It stinks. I, yeah. It, like you can tell, people have given up their prized possessions. Probably been paid four quid, and then they yeah. immediately list it for four hundred. Yeah. And um, like. It, it's just relics of a bygone I, era.
0: I think it was last week I saw something on Twitter where somebody had taken a photo of maybe in a CEX or whatever. Is that how people say it?
1: Do well, people on the say advert, it? they call it sex. Right. Okay. It was always CEX
0: when I grew up. Yeah, because I've never I've never heard anybody actually say it mm. or like talk about it. So. Yeah, somebody had put a post on Twitter where they'd taken a photo and said somebody obviously has sold their entire Doctor Who collection. I I I saw the same thing, yeah. Yeah, where it was all of the ones that sort of (laughs) add up together. And I was like, oh, no. That's so... Like, it's just so sad. Like, it is where dreams go to die. It's where dreams go to die and people go to get ripped off. Like, it's...
1: Yeah. Yeah, like... They always have weirdly niche things in the window. So I remember I walked past the one in York and it had the Alien movie collection and it was yeah. in this DVD rack in the shape of the alien's head. <laughs> and, like, it was clearly, like, a collector's edition, limited edition, must have cost a fortune. And they've just gone, oh, uh, 35 quid, if you want it. <laughs> like,
0: Brilliant. Next to the Sega Mega Drive for 850 quid, yeah. probably. That's like... Yeah. Like everybody has got a Sega Mega Drive in the attic. Like I'm, sh- yeah. I'm pretty sure you can pick on, you could pinpoint any point on a map in Britain, and everybody has got a Sega Mega Drive. It's Like, like a Drive rat, somewhere. you're
1: never more than six foot away from a Sega, from a Sega Mega, Mega Drive. Drive.
0: <laughs> so, uh, well, so you for your book choice, you've chosen The Steelers of Dreams. <laughs> I,
1: I when when you were saying earlier, one of your options is book. I don't know why, but my brain straight away just went, well, it's got to be the Bible, hasn't it?
0: Well, uh, you, if we go in by official Desert Island Discs, you get a, the complete works of Shakespeare and a copy of the Bible, don't you? Mm. So y- you're all right there.
1: Yeah, Stealer of Dreams. <laughs> Brilliant. Plus his
0: Great. Hand.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great choice. Great choice. It's a classic. It's got it's got John Barrowman in it. He's been quiet lately.
1: He's he was meant to be playing in New York next week, but it got cancelled. Oh, Brilliant. he got cancelled. I mean.
0: <laughs> oh, right. A, a mix. Six of one, yeah. half a dozen of the other. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sure he'll rear his... his...
1: <laughs> yeah. i tell you who I keep seeing a lot. I know we're not really doing Doctor Who, but when when's Noel Clarke going to give up?
0: See, he's sort of back on the scene now, isn't he? Because he's sort yeah. of... Everybody's just said, oh, no, actually, it's all right. Like, it's well, fine.
1: He keeps putting, like, <laughs> tweets out, just like going, oh, well, uh you know, I've been. People have tried to cancel me, but I'm stronger than that. Like, you've
0: you uh, done
1: horrible things. Yeah. No.
0: <laughs> As uh, the third time, I'm going to mention it again. Sometimes you just need to step back for a moment and just self-reflect, yeah. and just <laughs> open your fucking uh, eyes. It,
1: it, it's like I mentioned in our WhatsApp group. Like, I, I was unaware of this, but uh, in a couple of months, there's a singer playing in York who, when I was younger, I was like, oh, some of his songs are all right, I might go see him. I wonder what he's been up to. And I Googled him, and again, he's a bit of a wrong end. Yeah. But he'd basically said, look, right, yeah, everyone should just forgive me because I can't book any gigs anymore. Like,
0: (sighs) Should have thought about that.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: (laughs) Is this Ryan Adams? It is, yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah.
1: And I I was like, uh, because I felt really conflicted because part of me was like, uh, I don't. I don't think he was found guilty of anything. I think there was just a lot of it, and and in the end, I was like, no, he's quite clearly just a massive bell end.
2: Yeah,
0: it's it's tricky. We've had this conversation I countless times. Imagine people who regularly listen are probably going, here we go. He's going to say it again, about at what point can you separate the artist from the art? Mm. And that is so so tricky. But I think. Oh, it's it's just it's just a really difficult subject. Like you look at Michael Jackson, mm. probably the weirdest character that is out there, but it's still completely fine to listen to Thriller. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's, it's it's such a weird one, isn't it? Like some things are okay, and then other things are just a complete no no.
1: But it, it's weird because I I try and explain it to the kids at school. I'm like, there's nobody. I was like, you could take Harry Styles, and he ain't a tenth as famous as Michael Jackson was at no. his peak. I'm like, there is nothing on that level. And then now, he's just a laughing stock.
0: Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? How? Yeah, I mean, just think before you do, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Just have a thing. Or just don't do. Yeah, yeah, don't do. Just, yeah, don't even think. Don't think, even look at it. but don't do. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, let's do your final choice then. You get to choose a luxury item. So this could be anything. It could be a clockwork chicken. It could, you know.
1: I, I, I'm going to say the same thing as when we did Desert Island Discs and I would take a toiletries bag, like soap, deodorant. Like one thing I cannot tolerate. Even tomorrow, when it's Saturday morning and I'll have had a lie in, I can't just mope around the house without having a shower and a proper wash. Yeah. And if if I'm OCD about anything, it's personal cleanliness. Like yeah. I, I I say this all the time on our pod that if if you were in HMV and you're in the queue behind someone and they fucking stink. <laughs> I, my, one of my biggest, going back to phobias, one of my biggest fears is anyone ever thinks that about me. I'd hate someone to be behind, be behind me in a queue and just go, <laughs> E, fucking stinks. Or if if you you don't even know it's me, if everyone's going, what is that smell? And someone goes, it's him. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, Everybody heartbroken. Goes- yeah, honestly, like deodorant, proper bar of soap, flannel,
0: I'd be okay. Uh I mean, I can. We can sort that out for you. Soap and a rope, okay? Yeah. Yeah. I've, do you know what? I don't think I've seen soap and a rope for years now.
1: No, it, it was when showers came in, wasn't it? Yeah. And then everyone just started getting shower gel.
0: Yeah. It used to be like the sort of novelty Christmas present a few years ago, wasn't it? The sort of mm. you can get a soap and a rope in the shape of. I don't know, a football or a boob or something.
1: Yeah, I remember we had a Fred Flintstone soap on a rope.
0: We had a Homer Simpson. Mm. That was a...
1: Yeah, see, weirdly, we didn't have a shower in my house till, like, my mid to late 20s.
0: Oh, right, okay.
1: Yeah, so your options were, like, a horse bath or, or a bath.
0: Yeah. That's, uh... Oh, wow. That's enlightening, perhaps that explains your phobia of being. Yeah, cleaned. possibly. So, are you a shower man now, through and through?
1: Yeah. Well, now I'm in the opposite situation where my flat's only got a shower, no bath.
0: Oh, do you do you pine for those uh, bath days if, or not?
1: If if I ever go out in town, I quite often stay at my mum and dad's so I don't have to drive home, and I'll make time to fit a bath in. I yeah.
0: got the bath. See. So, I used to love a bath, right? I mean, apologies to the listeners about, t- you know, the conversation of two over six-foot men talking about having a bath. Um, but I used to love having a bath. I used to hate having a shower. I just couldn't stand it. There was something about, like, the feeling of when you get out of the shower. It's just instant sort of, oh, there's no dampness anymore. Yeah. But then I think, I don't know, what I think it was when we had, like, hot weather a few years ago. I had a shower and I was like, This is fucking great. This has changed my life. I haven't had a bath since. I haven't had a bath for years. It's just great.
1: See, I'm adamant if I ever won the lottery and I went on grand designs and money was not an option, two things I would definitely have. Number one, an outdoor shower. Oh, brilliant. So middle of summer, you know, I'd wear shorts. I'm not a pervert. But just have (laughs) a lovely outdoor shower. And then, I think I saw this once on like MTV Cribs. Oh,
0: the golden years of television. (laughs) Ozzy Osbourne's house.
1: (laughs) Some rapper had a bathtub inside a slightly larger bathtub. So when you were in the bath, you had the taps on constantly.
0: Oh, brilliant, like an infinity bath.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so if it (laughs) overflowed, it was caught by the larger bath. Brilliant. So I mean, his water rates would have been through the roof. <laughs> <I laughs> hope he's not like, on a meter. He was just in like a permanently full hot bath. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. If I won the lottery, that'd be thing one, thing two.
0: What What do you reckon is the perfect amount to win in the lottery, as well? What do you reckon? Like, you like this is a good amount because <laughs> people win, don't they? And they win, you know, I don't know, like fifty grand or whatever. What is the point where you think? Oh, yeah.
1: 30 million.
0: Th- that's a good amount. And what would you yeah. do? Like, because uh, our family has always had, like, a, a set of, uh, you know, outlining what we're going to be doing as soon as the, the, we win the lottery. Say so it was like, say we won 30 grand. 30 grand. Shit, me. Carry on working. <laughs> say we worked. Say we won 30 million, like you said. We'd put, like, 15 million. In a high interest account,
1: yeah,
0: and use the rest. Like, what what's your plan of attack for when that you get I, that cashed in? I,
1: I'd put as much as possible high interest, and I reckon if you had a million a year, that's still like a hundred thousand pounds a month. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So hold on. So that's twenty five thousand pounds a week. So you're roughly on three grand a day.
0: Brilliant. I you can sort like, that out. <laughs>
1: I, I, I don't I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could fritter three grand away, so...
0: When you think of it like that, it, it makes it seem even more crazy when you see about people who've won the lottery and just gone bankrupt. Yeah. Like, how on earth can you spend it? I mean, but I'm sure when it's there, you can spend it.
1: Oh, like, but I, I think if you did it like that way i've just said and almost give yourself a wage yeah yeah if your wage is a hundred thousand pounds a month yeah and everything else is just accumulating interest that probably is higher than that
0: yeah if that's crazy i can't even imagine that sort of money i like to imagine it in sort of 20 pound notes in a big pile like is it brewster's millions (laughs) <laughs> Where like that's how I like to sort of imagine my money. Like I wanna know how much it is like that. Like
1: well, I, I've always said if I won the lottery and had to have my notice in at work, I would buy an army tank. Oh I would, brilliant. I would drive it through the front doors of my school. I would <laughs> Instantly have my arrested it, <laughs> and I would leave the tank there and just go, That's your problem.
0: Yeah. You can deal with that yeah sell it if you want
1: yeah (laughs) bye
0: use it for mechanics yeah
1: but i i don't know like i i'm very frugal with money like yeah like i've i've got savings and i I was talking to my partner about this because we were talking about going away on holiday and i was like i could i could go to australia and go visit my brother who I haven't seen in a few years,
0: but I was like, it's a lot of money, isn't it? Yeah. I wish. Yeah. I see. I'm. I'm just. I'm very good at spending money, but I'm also. And like. I'm very. I'm very good at spending money on things that I think I need. I tend to not buy crap. I just buy cables and things like that, thinking, "Well, if one breaks, I've got a spare, then haven't I? So, yeah. like, well, it's not broke, is it? So." And you can Amazon Prime. It'll be there in the morning if it's broke. You don't need to spare, like, instantly, dear. But, yeah, perhaps that's why I'm a platinum member with Gear for <laughs> Music. So, you know, just doubling up on everything. That's... Uh, yeah, so I'm going to write down your toiletries. So you uh, you chose The Simpsons, Jurassic Park, uh, Jimmy Eat World, Lasagna, The Steelers of Dreams, and toiletries.
1: Yeah, I think I'd be pretty
0: content with that. Uh, do you know what? I'd say that that's a strong choice those. That that's I, I reckon you've done well. You've served yourself well there. Yeah. I don't I don't reckon you could do any wrong there. Uh,
1: well, I did go wrong cuz I didn't get garlic bread with the lasagna. Oh shit.
0: <laughs> well, you can you can have that as like a a, a Christmas a s- treat. We'll send a, we'll <laughs> send a probe. <laughs> yeah. We'll send a probe every year. Just out yeah. to just check that you're not dead yet. Um, with a garlic and, bread on the front of it. Yeah, we'll just like drop it like, like the Mars, Mars rover. rover yeah. with it's little arms <laughs> carrying
1: a garlic bread. Yeah,
0: you know, that'll be great. That will like, yeah, yeah. it'll be all over the news. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just really great. The garlic <laughs> rover. Like, we can't wait for it. Can't wait. Right. So. Uh, well, that, that was fun. That was uh, considering yeah. we had uh, we had nothing planned. You don't have to agree that it was fun, don't worry. You can you can say what you like.
1: Always a pleasure.
0: Always a pleasure. Never a chore. Yeah. Uh, so um would you like to give I know we've probably said that your podcast about 15 times, but would you like to give it an official plug?
1: Yeah. So neither the time nor the space, and I think I found the other day there's another podcast called that. So our official title is neither the time nor the space, a Doctor Who podcast. It's me and my friend David, who loves Doctor Who. I'd never watched it before. I've now watched all of Modern Who and quite a bit of classic. And at the minute, we're doing the spin-offs. So we're watching the Sarah Jane Adventures at the moment.
0: It's a difficult time for us all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: At least it's not Torchwood.
0: Uh, Well, there is is that. That's Torchwood done now as well, isn't it? Is it? No, it's not. No,
1: we've only done one series. <laughs> There's oh, three more to go. And now that we've gone fortnightly, it'll probably take us three or four years to get through it all.
0: So when when uh, the 60th Doctor Who celebrations begin, yeah, is all of the spin-offs sidelined and Doctor Who becomes the thing? I
1: think so, yeah. 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 Although we... David's adamant that we are going to wait. So we're going to be the last people to review it.
0: I mean, it's yeah, It whenever a new episode comes out, it's like a mad frenzy, isn't it, for everybody to plug their mics in as quick as possible to say what they think. Yeah. Like, but, yeah, I mean, we'll probably be doing it like an hour after it airs. So, yeah. And we'll do the after show, you know. and yeah. you, I mean, we've been
1: trying to do an after show since... No, boxing day.
0: Uh, I was gonna say Sid you'll probably find out what we get for Secret Santa by the time there's a new doctor who that comes out, so Yeah.
1: I'm but fairly it, confident I know who got me.
0: But. Well, Luke revealed the other day that he signed he put his name on the one he sent out. So whoever got him has got Luke's name written on it. Because he wasn't <laughs> he wasn't quite sure how Secret Santa worked. So, <laughs> so he my, said my, he, my-
1: my name might have been on, like, an Amazon receipt in the box.
0: Oh, right, okay. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. See, I, I remember when I sent mine out, and it said, do you want to add a note to the parcel? And I signed it, Harry. And then I quickly thought, literally I was about to press buy, and I was like, oh, hang on. No, 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 no. Don't do that. So, uh, yeah, I quickly corrected that. But, uh Yeah be interesting to see i i've literally got no idea and it's eating me in up inside really. I'm, I'm desperate to do the after show because i can't work it out like i, I you know even though i've mentioned i've done a body language reading yeah that's uh, hang on where's the uh... i've got my textbook here for my reading oh, body wow, language yeah. so i'm ready for you know lips pursed maybe Fingers clasped, thumbs down or hidden? Are you steepling? Are you fidgeting? You know?
1: At the end, when I'm like, it's been a pleasure, (laughs) Harry. Yeah. (laughs) In the fetal position, back my hands,
0: squirming. But yeah, I just, I can't wait to figure it out. I can't wait. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, So yeah, you can go to the Cloyster Bells YouTube channel or you can go to their website, cloisterbellpodcast.com, I think. Or if you go to our website, wccy.co.uk, I recommend going there because it, uh, it only costs us £300 a year, so it might be worth just getting those numbers up a little bit just so it makes us feel like it's worthwhile. And uh, whilst you're there, you can send us an email because that only costs us £100 a year. And you can send an email to mail at wccy.co.uk. And, um, yeah, then you'll get all the links to the after show and you can find you can watch all of the ones that we've already done. How many have we done now? Is it? Must be must five be, or six. Yeah, probably I would have at thought. At least half a dozen, I think. Yeah, so that's that's always fun because it's well, it's probably about the length of this episode. Really, it's a, it's an all nighter. It's a it's a it's a good fun romp with uh, some podcast friends. Yeah. So there we go. Well, uh, probably next week will be uh, James Bond again, or maybe this week. I don't know when this this is probably going to go out. Pretty much instantly, next couple of days. So uh we'll still be doing James Bond probably next week and uh yeah. So well, thank you, Matt, for joining me on this uh saying. Oh there we go, we'll have to get you back. Maybe you can watch James Bond and yeah. uh, I can have a night off. <laughs> Oh, there we go. Right, well, uh, thanks very much for listening, everybody. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And I oh, know it's not YouTube, is it? Don't forget to uh, leave a review on podcast platform. Check out neither the time nor the space um, and do the same with those. And uh, there we go. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you. Uh, okay, bye. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening. Thanks so much. It's been a great show. Hasn't it been great? Um, If you enjoyed that, be sure to leave us a rating and a review on your podcast platform.
1: If not, just email us. Yeah. Tell us what you think.
0: Email us, mail at wccy.co.uk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Follow us on Twitter And Patreon And Patreon what? Do that
1: Pay for us on Patreon Pay
0: for us on Patreon One At patreon.com Forward slash WCCY You get a
1: club You get lots of shit like that You get and lots behind of Behind the scenes Exactly uh, Sometimes you get earlier releases But probably not
0: Follow us on Twitter okay. Or whatever we're on At who can convince Ooh, uh, I Or visit don't thing anymore Maybe not Here we go Or visit www.wccy.co.uk www.wccy.co.uk
2: Waiting. We'll wait. Go on, email us.
0: Do it now. We'll, we'll wait for you to email. We'll sort your problems. Yeah.
2: Right, then. <laughs> oh, all right, They
0: All right, go away.